Hey guys, welcome to the Stackcast. Wounded Octopus here, and all your favorite video games are shit. You changed my mind. <laughs> uh, what's up, guys? And I'm Chris. Hi, guys. I'm Melissa, and I'm on Musimex right now. <laughs> so, yep. Pardon my, pardon my smoker's voice right now. So. <laughs> it's a chorus of angels. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, it's time for another episode of the Stackcast. Uh, yeah, we've gone for a while between sickness, the uh, holidays, and everything else that we've had going on. Uh, it's been a couple weeks, so we'll uh, we'll make up for it <laughs> with this episode. We got quite a bit to talk about. Um, yeah, shit tons of stuff going on the last couple weeks. I mean, in terms of games, just I mean everything in general. Um, yeah, we'll just jump right into the quick news like usual. Uh, first and foremost, we got uh, the Statcast is now part of. Uh, the Drama City Productions Network. We are proud to be part of this. <laughs> yeah, basically we are in a group of uh, a bunch of other podcasts that just kind of promote each other, and uh, we're all kind of like-minded. So, you know, kind of a no-holds-barred approach to, you know, discussing topics and things like that. You know, no uh, no social justice warrior filter, anything anything to that effect. So, yeah, we're again, we're, we're proud to be part of this group. Um, yeah, definitely check them out. Uh, it's at dramacityproductions.com or uh, at dramacityproductions uh, on Twitter. But yeah, it's got the full list of all the other podcasts, and all of them are great in their own right. So yeah, definitely check those out. Um, and, and we, we want to welcome uh, Melissa to the podcast here officially. Oh, yay! <laughs> in official capacity, you know, even though she is sick and it is her birthday. Oh, thanks. Yeah, happy birthday. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, we want to make this a great one for her, despite the, despite the influx of Mucinex. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mucinex in, mucus out. Unfortunately, uh, we lost Taylor through the transition surgery. <laughs> yeah. so he, he died on the table doing what he loved. <laughs> that dick done fell off. Oh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, starting off uh, the main news, uh, kind of a small thing. Uh, Netflix, A, they, they have canceled Daredevil, which... Um, I'm, I'm assuming has something to do with the Disney Plus transition. Right. Um, yeah. All of those properties, all of Disney, um, really anything Disney related, anything Fox related is going to be disappearing from Netflix at some point. It's inevitable. Um, like we talked about the last episode, Hulu's going to be picking up all the adult-themed stuff, I'm sure. So we may see Daredevil, all those things show up again on Hulu. Who knows? Um, but I'm sure this has everything to do with Disney Plus and nothing Nothing malicious on Netflix's part. Well, I also heard that like season three also had kind of weak viewership and like not received the greatest, so that could have. I think it was partially because all the other shows surrounding it were just complete shit. I mean, you had <clears throat> you had Luke Cage, which was, I mean, just terrible. It was great in its own right, but you know, it was very, very geared towards a black audience. And, you know, that may have dissuaded a lot of people from watching it you know unless you were totally into hip-hop and loved nipple pasties like there was there was no <laughs> nipple pasties yeah yeah there yeah was some in there. yeah whole, whole season like it was the only netflix marvel show i've seen that had nearly bare boobs so i mean like i i, I watched the first season and i enjoyed it um as as much as um like a big marvel tv show but like that that um, looks at like the the black community and stuff like that. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching mm-hmm. it. Um, I enjoyed the actor Luke Cage. 
Um, but the season two, I fell asleep a lot. <laughs> I did. Oh, I like me and the Punisher. No, I like the Punisher. Oh, too it's much so, story for me. Not enough so killing. Good. So good. Which Punisher season- are we talking? Not uh, the one with John Panette. Tell me, not the John, one with John, John Panette. John, oh, he was in the comedian John Panette. Yeah, he was in. Do you, this is an old. Was Punisher he in Warzone or, yeah. the, or the Jane uh, Thomas Jane one? Um, oh my God, I'm assuming it had to be Warzone. Then. You're, you're drawing a complete blank on me right now. I'm, it I'm had trying, to be Warzone. I'm, so I'm, so I'm fami- I haven't seen Warzone. I'm familiar with the Thomas Jane version. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure John Panette wasn't in that. I'm gonna, like, I'm, gonna scurry, <laughs> I'm gonna scurry and look very Come on, quickly. For... I really, I really like the Punisher. Uh, yeah, the first season it is it is slow, um, um, but it I like how it picks up like near the end. I think uh, wasn't it supposed to be season two? Oh, the Punisher. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's probably canned at this point if they haven't already filmed it. Ugh. <laughs> I was looking forward to this. Because his ties were too close to Daredevil to really separate yeah, the two. Yeah. Well, it, it's mostly Karen. It's mostly tied to Karen, though. Yeah, yeah. She's the, the glue that holds those two together. Considering, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, what's her name? Drawing a blank. She was in all the other shows prior to The Punisher. As, um, what's her name? Was she, oh, she was in Clerks, too. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, and I'm I'm pretty sure that the the lack of interest in the other shows played a part in Netflix really wanting to cancel these things. I mean that and the Disney Plus, but you know you had Iron Fist was weak. You know yeah, the, the first, second, especially the first season. The first I haven't seen the season, second. The first season was okay. Um, it was a little hard to follow. Yeah. Sometimes. Um, well, he was a I, pussy. I, <laughs> he was a massive pussy. He was he was he acted like you know a monk would you know he was very reserved yeah um, but he the second season uh, was was pretty bad um, I, I I only made it like third episode and I just said you know what <laughs> I'm I give up I I gave this so much light it's only hope and I can't do it yeah it was it was bizarre the way they had the show set up too because you had daredevil which clearly appeared appealed to like a white male audience mm-hmm. you had luke cage which appealed to you know a black male audience mm-hmm. you had jessica jones which cl- clearly appealed to like the the lesbian lgbt abcdefg crowd i guess like i didn't see that uh, just like, the I'm whole woman, all the but... lesbian tones throughout the show i mean you had it's like Carrie Ann Moss, which, you know, that character was a male in the comics yeah. and is now a lesbian woman. You know, between all those different factors, I think it turned a lot of people off towards the Netflix shows, the Marvel Netflix shows. I so. still liked it, though. It was a good show. I like mm-hmm. Jessica Jones. Yeah, as a character, she's solid, especially when uh, her and Luke Cage get married in the comics. Yeah, yeah. You know, solid, solid pair. But. In, the, in the show, <clears throat> she, like, I think one part I was, like, laughing out loud. guy here he was actually um the 
one of the doctors for Doctor Who. Oh, Purple Man. That, that was his name, Tenet. the Purple Man. Yeah, Tenet. Yeah, um, David Tennant. Yeah. And, um, so... Purple Man sounds like if they had to, like, uh, license, or not license, like, push some uh, illegal Chinese action figures at Thanos. <laughs> and the front of the box would just say, Purple Man. Uh, <laughs> Purple Man with, like, gem gauntlet or something like that. What is that? this Avengers fe- <laughs> figure? Avengers. <laughs> The Revengers, <laughs> starring Purple Man. Purple Man with gilded gauntlet. Steel Gentleman. <laughs> oh my god. Arachnid Boy. Arachnid Boy. <laughs> Captain of the 50. <laughs> yeah. Captain Nice Guy. Jessica Jones was crying? Like Kristen Ritter? Yeah, she was like... She, I don't think I've ever seen Kristen like, Ritter was, shed like, a tear. It was like teary-eyed thing because she knows she like fucked up. Okay, you know, she gotcha. She like fucked everything up. Gotcha. She was like too afraid to tell him that, like, hey, I killed your wife, but I'm having sex with you and I like you. Because <laughs> like, you're the only one that would like tolerate me that likes me. That explains the tension in the Defenders then. Yeah, it, it was a lot of t- uh, tension. Gotcha. And, and I just, I, for some reason, I found it so funny it's just like his facial expression of saying like i was excited for you and i'm like i just can't do it and he like punches <laughs> a bus and like walks away well in the same uh, in the same pretty much the same news as netflix canceling daredevil um they're also they've signed up i can't remember the director's name but um they're going to have a cowboy bebop live action tv show no news on that yet they just announced it um but they're also going to have a devil may cry anime and it's going to be done by the same studio that did the Castlevania anime. So, Which is very amazing and fantastic. Yeah, I, I have no, like, I have no nostalgia for Castlevania whatsoever. I hate the games, but that anime was phenomenal. I, I love, love that animation. I love the games. I love how difficult they were. <laughs> um, I love the lore in it. I'm getting PTSD just thinking about that fucking Medusa room in <laughs> Castlevania know, 1. I know. With the knights on the floor and the Medusas up top. Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, mine was like the, the skeletons that like vomited bones at you. It was really, it, it was really tough and fun and aggravating, but it, it, was, it was part of my childhood. My only thing is like, I've seen a bit of the Castlevania anime, and it's like, it's very well done mm-hmm. for what it wants to do. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to handle the Devil May Cry formula because, like, Devil May Cry, when I think about it, is, like, stylish and Dante just being a big, goofy jackass and pizza and guitars. And I feel like if a Devil May Cry anime had to be handled, um, you know, Studio Trigger, like, Gurren Lagann and all Mm -hmm. that, like, they would be perfect for Devil May Cry. Yeah, if if they did in the same vein as, like, Fooly Cooly. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be be right up uh, Devil May Cry's alley. I hope the new... Uh, anime isn't just like grim dark and whatever you know we'll just have to see i just want dante eating pizza and just being a goof like that's the fucking best 
He's one of the most powerful beings in the universe, and they like make him have his own little jukebox and pool table and pizza. It's great. It's a fucking great juxtaposition. So I'm assuming you want the mainline Dante, not the reboot Dante. Oh God, you talking about Dino Dante yeah, in name only? The, yeah, that's what the DMC, Japanese refer yeah. to him as. The uh, <clears throat> the funny thing about that game and like Dante in general is. He's not even that bad, and the game's not even that bad. Yeah, I love that game. That it's, was the only one I've really played. It's just the it. creator had uh, just absolute fucking disrespect for like the original franchise and the original fans, and like I don't think the game would have been nearly as good if Capcom had not stepped in and like helped them because close to the end of development, they had a lot of tips regarding how to make the combat flow better, how to not rely on just aerial juggles, because mm-hmm. this isn't fucking God of War here. This is Devil May Cry. <laughs> where, like, there's insanely high skill ceiling, and you yeah. look stylish. You don't want to just do air juggles all day long. But No, I want... If we got to like have... Um, if we got to have like a, a Devil May Cry anime with like the original Dante, that'd be sick if they could get the original voice actor. Uh, Mark Langdon, be. I think his name is. That sounds about right. Yeah, I just yeah, I just want big goofy dumb action anime. <laughs> if they could make the, the the series anything like the opening of that reboot, where like Dante's trailer is getting blown up, but he's like naked, he's flying naked, in the air with pizza, flying the air, and there's pizza, <laughs> and he's putting on his clothes in midair and slow mo. Like if they could make the entire series like that, just goofy and action packed, I think yeah. Well, that's what's frustrating is the like the first part of that game. You kind of see like bits of old Devil May Cry. Mm-hmm. And then they go into that stupid, edgy, underground, anonymous foundation. And yeah. Virgil's in a fucking trench coat and a fedora. Yeah. And now you find out they're like Nephilim. I'm part demon. I'm part angel. I'm part fan fiction writer yeah. currently making me more powerful. And like the, the, the love interest in that game collects squirrel jizz to make spray cans. <laughs> and... <laughs> yeah, she, she's Wiccan, I believe. She She's collects squirrel cum just to yeah. make rich... <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong, yeah. And then there's God. there's this scene where Virgil has like a high powered rifle and like shoots <laughs> Mundus's wife's fetus out of her stomach. The fuck happened to this I, game? I have a very loose recollection of the other games, but I've I've played the reboot the most, and yeah, it's it gets bizarre. It gets I can recommend bizarre. to anybody who has ever played DMC Devil May Cry and hated it, go back and play with. Um, if you play on PC, it's the Spanish patch. Where everything is now in Spanish, and you can mod in Virgil and uh, Dante having um, sombreros and ponchos, and then at the end of the fight with Virgil, all the destroyed buildings are just Taco Bells. I'm not even shitting you; it's fantastic. Oh God, that sounds amazing. Oh my God, you can look it up on YouTube. I'm not. I'm not lying at all. Like, oh God, bless the modding community. Yeah, yeah, they made a shit game fantastic. Wow. Uh. Uh, also in, uh, I guess, yeah, gaming news, uh, we got Last Remnant Remaster. Kind of snuck up on me. I, I I didn't hear anything about it, and then I saw that it was announced uh, as a PS4. Explosive. You must not remember, we covered it in the very first pilot. Well, I thought that Briefly. was, that was, um, oh, wait a minute. game. That was, wait uh, a minute. Maybe the Gun you're Combat right. one. Yeah, you're right. Um, I'm drawing a blank now. I'm drawing a blank. I'm going now <laughs> too. It's made by Trice. What did Resonance of Fate? Yeah, Resonance of Fate. Okay, that's so one yeah. we. Yeah, I thought because that's the first thing I thought when I saw it. I was like, oh, I already knew that, and I was like, wait, no, this is Last Remnant. This is a Square Enix game that made it for 360. So, uh, if anybody doesn't know what Last Remnant is, it's a 360 exclusive Square Enix RPG. Um, very ambitious RPG. Ran like shit on the console. Um, had huge issues with 
gosh, the game, the save files just giving up, uh, the game just glitching all to shit. So I'm sure they fixed it for the PS4. Ambitious obviously. is an understatement considering it was like turn-based battles, but also yeah. RTS turn-based battles surrounding you, and you yeah. had to like monitor multiple teams and things like that. So yeah, I'm give them mad props. They're working with shit specs to begin with. The 360 was terrible. <laughs> yeah. So I'm hoping they add that to the backwards compatible list on Xbox just to kind of appease the fans because I think it's, it's shit that Square Enix went with the the PS4 exclusive route. I mean, granted, yeah, the PS3 didn't get it, but I don't know. It doesn't justify it in this day and age. You know, make it for all platforms or don't make it at all. Um, <clears throat> well, Soiny's probably either bribing Square or Square's trying to get back into, like, the JRPG good graces. <laughs> They're going to have to try harder than that. I don't know. Well, things are looking dire yeah. ever since, like, the three DLCs for Final Fantasy XV got canceled. And I know. I'm so sad about that. I didn't add that to the list of news, but, yeah, um... What was the name? The creative director? The, the director? I'm yeah. drawing a blank on his name. It starts with a T or something like that. No, he's yeah. a he's a really ambitious dude and really intelligent. Had great game design, and he's been with the company for a long time. But uh, Luminous Productions was like a side company that got mm -hmm. made that was going to handle more Final Fantasy 15 content. They're just hemorrhaging money. So Square, like, yeah. cut him. Tanaba, I think? Hajime Tanaba or something like that? I, I can't remember. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, it's sad to see that people people leave like that. I and, you know I think that's probably why they dumped uh, uh, IOI. Um, you know, the makers of Hitman. That's probably IO Interactive. Yeah, I'm sure that's why they got rid of them. Is because you know they were hemorrhaging money, so dump studios as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll see where yeah, where I call that it all heads. Hajime Tabata. So. Very nice. Very nice. That's a mouthful. Yeah, I mean, you get used <laughs> to these Japanese names after a while. Uh, uh, let's see. Moving on from that, <laughs> Cliff Blazinski retires yet again. Who gives a fuck? After, <laughs> after yet another tirade and childlike fit, he is calling it quits for a second time. Wow. Uh, apparently, users, uh, Twitter users were contacting him on Twitter and asking for refunds of his game... Lawbreakers? Uh, yeah, Lawbreakers. Or what other shit, like Radical Heights. Remember that uh, Battle Royale game that came after Lawbreakers? <laughs> also tanked? Clippy? Uh, but yeah, they were contacting him and asking him for a refund on Lawbreakers, which oh, wow. I, kind of understandable considering the game didn't... I think at peak, they had like 300-and-some players. Like that's what. Yeah, literally. It was like 360-some <laughs> players at peak. So, oh um... Yeah, basically he threw a fit and said, you know, this is why I'm, you know, not effing making games anymore. So, said he's retired, he's out of the game industry, and that, he's already said that once. We'll see if he comes back with some other stupid idea, but I never enjoyed Gears of War. Like, I thought they were just, like, too dude bro for me. I loved, I loved he, how dude bro he was. Even, uh, he even turned down uh, working with Hideo, Hideo Kojima for Silent Hill. Like I was flattered, but declined. Wait, he got pro he got approached to work on Silent Hills. Yeah, he was offered an opportunity to work on Silent Hill franchise. No, that's the no. For Christ's sake, stop throwing so many cooks in the kitchen. Like he would have been a terrible addition. The original Team Silent had this brilliant way of looking at video game design. I don't want Cliffy B in there. I don't. I don't like. This is controversial to say, but I don't give a shit that Silent Hills is canceled. Because I don't like the direction Kojima probably would have taken right. Silent Hills. Yeah. Right. 
I think uh, Guillermo del Toro probably would have had a great stylistic vision for Silent no. Hills. Yeah, I think so too. But like gameplay wise, I don't know. I don't think Kojima could have done Clippy B making anything in terms of Silent Hill. Like you, you know, you just imagine the PT demo. And you open up yeah. a door, and there's just some dick with a if, <laughs> with a if, chainsaw rifle. If Cliff, no, no, if <laughs> Cliffy B handled Silent Hills, all it would be is you get there, and all the bathrooms are gender neutral. <laughs> <laughs> so like, oh uh, the best part about all this is during his tirade, he claims that you know he white knighted himself, basically saying, you know, oh, I've kept this studio alive single handedly for the last two money. years. You're, that's called being a paying, dumbass and paying paying his employees wages and their severance packages and stuff like that with his money and he got called out on it uh he had former employees be like well, yeah all of three weeks <laughs> yeah, of like, my where's, severance. The, where's the rest of my severance bro <laughs> <Yeah>. so <clears throat> uh hilarious on all all fronts of that news he just needs to accept the fact that like lawbreakers while technically and mechanically sound was released in a sea of goddamn just hero shooters hero shooters everywhere yeah. like why release something like uh lawbreakers Oh my god! You can make it. I think my body is failing. You're you gonna be like me. You're just gonna. You're like, about Chris. And you you're a thunk. It's just, it's just I'm keeling over. Just thinking about Cliffy B. Being, <laughs> this is making my endocrine system fail. But uh, Lawbreakers did not need to exist in like Overwatch's reign. Like they know yeah. they're not going to topple Overwatch. Why waste yeah. that money? I don't understand why anybody's. I I, I understand jumping on the train. Okay. And especially, you know, Cliffy B with his talent, or sorry, quotations, talent, um, and it was the decent studio he had assembled. I understand them trying to trying to get in on it, but it's like when you have stuff like Overwatch, you know, you have Blizzard and Activision behind Overwatch. Don't even try. You know, you've got other games like Paladins and everything else, and it's most of it's going under. Most of it hasn't lasted beyond a year or two. I don't, even, I don't understand why anybody would want to try to get into that market at this point. Uh, the thing that I forgot his name entirely. So, like, Cliffy B always gets uh, accredited with, like, Gears of War and all that. But, like, if you look at the history of Gears of War, that was all on the back of Rod Ferguson. Like, he, because yeah. Cliffy B has nothing to do with Gears and he's a bitch and constantly insults the series <laughs> for, like, hyper-masculine uh, injection of gaming. But if you look at like gears as it went on after Cliffy B's time, they're still holding up just fine. They're not collapsing yeah. like Halo did. Yeah. So Rod Ferguson clearly knows what he's doing and how he's leading his team. I think Cliffy is just probably just so jealous that yeah. when he left, he's like, "Oh, now the game series is going to be as memorable without me." It's like, <laughs> not really. It's doing just fine. I was gonna say you have Gears of War four that released what two three years ago and is still like a tour de force in competitive games. Yeah, it's still fairly popular. So. And plus the excitement of the new one coming out, even if it is... Gears of War 4 was a pleasant surprise to me, I gotta say. Because yeah. like when I saw the main three characters, we had like the token bitch, we had <laughs> JD, uh, who's supposed to be Marcus's son, and then yeah. we had his uh, best friend, you know, Dell. And they're trying to do that dynamic of like, we had uh, Marcus and Dom, which was like, white guy, Mexican, mm -hmm. and then JD and Dell, white guy, black guy. And um, when... When you played the original Gears, you know, like so many years ago, it didn't feel like Marcus and Dom were sitting there as an agenda. They're no. just, they're two bros just like getting yeah. through this. But getting through the whole game, I realized that like Dell was handled pretty well and so was Kate. They yeah. did not feel uh, shoehorned in. There's a ton of uh, little like love letter moments close to the end of that game in Gears 4. Like anybody who's played the series, I know you're not, but like 
you can play it far enough and you're like, hey, I remember that. Or, hey, this is kind of cool. This is like... Because they, they flip the script entirely mm-hmm. from some of the set pieces you do. My only gripe, the game got repetitive as shit on the higher difficulties. Because, yeah. like, yeah. just the functional design of uh, Gears of War is just like a cover-based shooter. So it's like pop-in, pop-out combat. Kind of yeah. kind of needs, like, refreshed. But mm-hmm. I wanted to hate that game so much. But, like, playing through start to finish, I actually really liked it. It was a good game. I didn't love it. I liked it. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was a good game. I mean, as Chris said, I liked it too. Like, I didn't love the game, but you know, I was so used to to Dom and and, and his partner that I just like I just played through the first one, and I I forgot like the last boss was on that train, and I was like, I just gotta get past this one. Oh, boss. with General Rom, yeah. Yeah, well, I just gotta get past this one boss, and then like I gotta go on, and then. Like, I finally got past him. It was the end of the game. I didn't, know, you know, I didn't even know it was at the end of the game. It's like, oh, you beat it. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well. Yeah, Gears of War 1, like, technology-wise, is really pushing the boundaries with, like, the Unreal 3 oh, engine. Yeah. But, like, color palette-wise, it looked like gray ass. Yeah, it was yeah. the original Fifty Shades of Gray. Yeah. <laughs> Gears of War just looks like shit. I, I played the absolute shit out of the first and the second one. I was really into the competitive scene at that point as well, so... I played a lot of those games and I enjoyed them, but yeah, it's just that, that dude broness I couldn't get over. Oh, like, if you played competitive, you probably weren't happy when Gears Two came and like the grenades stunned on hit. The huge change from Gears yeah. One. I had a lot of friends that like absolutely hated the Gears, uh, the change up to the multiplayer. Gotcha. Yeah, Gears Two's multiplayer. The Horde <laughs> was fun as hell, but like as far as like the competitive, that stun grenade shit, fuck that. I remember playing. Uh, the horde mode that introduced the horde mode in every game. Yeah, yeah then Halo's firefight, and then Mass Effect Three. I forgot Mass Effect <laughs> Three had like a weird <laughs> multiplayer component. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. um, the like the controversial ending of Mass Effect Three? Like, I and then played it, through. I I don't give a so shit it, at all. It goes one. on, and it's not even fulfilling at all. And then the credits fade, and then it's like a big jarring thing that's like. Thanks for beating Mass Effect 3. Now hop into that hot multiplayer and <laughs> fuck you, EA. Oh, no. I wanted to throw my TV out the window after I finished 2. Like, when I got to the spoilers, if you haven't played it yet. Okay. Uh, yeah, exactly. Giant fucking metal skeleton at the end of the game. It's like, yeah. really? This this is giant, 30 hours? Giant Reaper baby. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, this is what I've been gearing up towards? Like, I don't know terrible series after the first one if you ever want a brilliant analysis of the three original mass effect games uh look up a channel called smud boy the dude's voice just lulls you into like this wonderful asmr sleep but he's as he's as sharp as attack like if you want to become a better writer hearing this dude talk about mass effects narrative structure in detail about a fucking shitty sci-fi video game you actually become a stronger writer mm-hmm. because he breaks down all the important elements of like how to have a how to have a driving plot and like why character and context matter and you know uh, player agency and agency of the writing just just great stuff so yeah I'm plugging Smud Boy on YouTube he's a great I dude will. I will I'll search him up fall asleep to his his soothing silky voice yeah. yeah and like in his earlier videos his voice is fantastic and on top of that he has like Chopin and like a Beethoven in the background too <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> Uh, well, I think the biggest news, uh, in my opinion, while we were on our little hiatus, was uh, Sony is pulling out of E3 in 2019. 
They have no plans to even have a presence. Like, they don't want to be on the show floor. They don't want to have a separate anything. Like, they, they are not going to be anywhere near E3. Days gone, still listen out. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Are they going to push that to the PS5? Is that fucking game ever yeah, coming Death out? Death Stranding is going to be a PS6 game at this point. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was wondering about Death Stranding. Uh, I'm sure they'll push a few more teaser trailers and, you know, they'll tout out what's his name's dead body after he's gone oh who's dead body norman reedus yeah norman reedus by the time the game comes out that guy will be dead and those will be propping up his dead body but oh, I thought, he's in like, the game i thought norman reedus died recently no. No. Was, no. i would have no. heard from you no no, no. Uh, i mean he's he's like in the walking dead he's he's just plastered <laughs> into it now he has a dog. He's like, I got a dog now. I'm like, okay. When you watch the Death Stranding gameplay, do you like get anything other than like hardcore Amazon delivery simulator? Like, he's just... <laughs> Does that game take place on Prime Day? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that game. But yeah, Sony's not going to be there. So, uh, and I don't know. Sony's acting like. Granted, they're on top of the game right now. You know, they sold the most units of their their console and everything. They're they're like a, a someone who got famous and just decided to lose their shit. Like you know those famous people that just they suddenly get a burst of fame and then they're found the next day you know naked and drunk in some alley. This happens every generation. Like Britney look how Spears shaves her head. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. They're acting like Britney Spears shaving her head right now. Like she's a great mother now, by the way. <laughs> she's an amazing mother. Yeah. I saw like recently uh, she was like tweeting and um, she was like wondering what about that snake that she used to have on her for like the stage shows years and years yeah, ago when yeah. she was huge she like tracked it down and found out it was like all right snake's name was banana and like <laughs> britney turned out to be a functional mother yeah bizarre side note but awesome it's important to know what happened <laughs> what happened to banana so but, but yeah last generation uh you saw this with microsoft like mm -hmm. they got they it goes without saying that the 360 crushed the PS3 yeah. from support just because like the cell processor was yeah. so hard to develop for, and a lot of developers just like turned tail and went to Microsoft. And then they got really big-headed in all those disastrous practices they wanted to implement in the Xbox Connect. One launch. <laughs> well, the, the always-online verification shit, the no-shared mm -hmm. games. Like, remember, that led to the infamous shit where like Sony had, like, how do you share games between friends? And, <laughs> yeah. and shows him, like, hand over, and he's like... Thanks. It just yeah. takes the game. So we had the complete opposite. Like Sony were looking like the heroes of games because yeah. they were just making a dedicated game system that was more powerful than the Xbox One. And look where we're at now. Sony is just, they don't give a fuck about the consumer. Yeah, it's bizarre because they, they pulled out of E3 now. That's on top of, they, they dropped PSX for 2018. Now who knows if it's going to happen in 2019. And not to mention their bizarre censorship rules all of a sudden. Like, yeah, you know more about this than I, than I do. They're definitely, because of, like, Sony's headquarters in California, I believe it absolutely has to do with what's really? currently going on. And they're just trying to distance themselves, distance themselves away from, like, the Eastern flair that made them so big in the PS2 era. They're, like, they're definitely going towards all these, like, cinematic experience, quote-unquote, games <sighs> where... It's all about like the visual flair and the gameplay really fucking limited and there's like all sorts of agenda pushing and just Sony's becoming big. They're like the next Hollywood creator for these games, these type of games, these cinematic roller coasters you go on. And they're trying to like distance themselves from the Vita, the JRPG roots, the Eastern roots, mm -hmm. anything sexual, anything nudity wise, it's it's whatever. 
I think the most bizarre part is that the games that are going to be on the Switch and the PS4, the Switch actually the has Switch no censorship. It's going to have none of the censorship. <laughs> like Dead or Alive Scarlet's looking all jiggly with the 4D tip physics. Uh, yeah, you can use your, Sony uh, just doesn't use your even... paddles to, to yeah. jiggle everything. Yeah. Which is crazy because you think about <laughs> all the shit that got censored in Earthbound, and now we look at now and they got 4D jiggles. Oh, it's oh so God. bizarre. Like, it's bizarre. Yeah, it's just really, I I can't wrap my head around all this weird shit that they're doing all of a sudden. And it's really making Microsoft look good. I mean, Microsoft's going to stay in E3. Um, They just had their XO event, so I don't know. All of a sudden, they're looking like I'm not too torn up that Sony isn't going to be at E3, because like E3, I feel like, has just lost its heart and soul. It's not that exciting anymore, so you know, it's whatever. It's a trade show where you show multi-million dollar commercials and ads the thing i think why they've pulled out of east 3 or psx or anything like that is we're on the cusp of the new generation of consoles like yeah. amd's um <clears throat> apu their system on board chips are probably ready to go into production and we're going to look at the new draft of the systems in 2019 yeah, late I'm 2019 sure probably yeah it's um i i feel i'm going to put on my tinfoil hat here discuss a couple conspiracies I might, I might have here. Um, I think it's telling in a way that Sony's pulling out. I mean, you've got Bethesda, they've pulled out of, of E3. They, they have a presence outside of E3. Uh, EA has a presence outside of E3. So you have all of these entities that are distancing themselves from the ESA. It almost seems like they want E3 to either not exist or they want to make it just like a, a PAX or... You know, like just another con and not necessarily a trade show. It seems like they're trying to transition to it in a way. If that makes sense. I can see it totally. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't... So, I mean, two years ago they started letting the general public in. So yeah. now all of a sudden you have three major players gone. General public's now attending. You know, and people were complaining the last couple of years that they didn't get to do anything while they were there. So they paid their $200 to get in, didn't get to play anything because the lines were, you know, a day long. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think I think E3 might be transitioning into something entirely different than what we're used to. So I think we may still get announcements and things around that time, but I think it may switch from a trade show to a regular convention. If there's ever a physical thing I want to own so fucking badly is, like, the, the recorded... <laughs> sessions of all the e3s throughout the years from the 90s onward i would love to own that and just watch all the presentations over and over ridge racer ridge racer (laughs) you remember the uh the ps3 reveal and they were like showing off the spider-man 2 cg like this is going to be live gameplay (laughs) oh my god or when they announced the the original playstation and uh the ceo just walks up there and he's like Kid yeah. He just walks off the stage. Yeah. Everybody just lost their shit. I'm, oh God, I miss shit like that so much. Randomly, just Incubus was just like playing music yeah. for Sony's stage show. Yeah, it's bizarre. You don't get exciting moments like that anymore. I mean, Xbox's show last year was really good. PlayStation's was very lackluster. But, you know, you don't get exciting moments like that anymore. You're just like, okay, I'm just going to be sold a bunch of trailers, make a couple hardware or software announcements, and then, you know... Like the two hours of attention is over with. For the love of God, can Microsoft stop whenever they have to like introduce a new Forza 
could you stop bringing a fucking live car on stage? <laughs> like, no one cares. The only thing interesting back on the show was when they were like the, what was it, the Porsche 911 or something? Because at least then you could like make a 911 <laughs> just for like a few minutes. That's the only thing interesting about it. Uh, now they keep doing this thing where they pull up. They'll have like a bunch of streamers on the stage playing the game. Yeah, live. that's that's and lame. that irritates the shit that's out of me. Stupid. I hated it when, like, when Ubisoft did it for the reveal of the division. You know, mm-hmm. acted like a bunch of people were actually playing this game. I so hate it when fake, groups scripted, do that. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like, hey, Steve, we're going over here. You know, it doesn't. Oh, it's very, very unattractive. There's a there's actually a, some dudes on YouTube. I don't remember their name, but like, what they do is they go through the scripted. Uh, gameplay sessions that are shown by these big companies and they redub them how it really should sound oh my God. and they did it for Anthem and it was like two guys he's like hey man I'm going over he's like man motherfucker you know I'm still looting like I ain't, even, I ain't going over there bitch <laughs> I think in, in in terms of this news I think it's the one chance Microsoft really has to capitalize on their sudden turnaround I mean, between the backwards compatibility program, everything they've done in the last two years, ever since Phil Spencer took over, I think this is their one chance to really win the hearts and minds of people, win them back to the, you know, switch them back over to the way things were during the 360 age, you know. I think people have kind of gone the way of the PS4 and, you know, Microsoft just needs to bring them back. Like, they need to really put their effort into a show Make EXO even bigger next year. Um, I don't know, even take Sony's spot. Take their floor space at E3 for crying out loud. <laughs> take their like, floor space? Yeah, just take all of it over and just make the biggest spectacle out of all of it. Because, I mean, when you think about it, the Microsoft and the Sony shows were both shows where a bunch of third parties would show their shit. I mean, granted, third parties would have their own space on the floor. They would have their own outside things. But during those shows, you know, you would have, you know, it'd be like PlayStation exclusive, you know, and it would show Call of Duty DLC being exclusive or whatnot. Mm-hmm. This is Microsoft's chance to really pull in the third parties and be like, we got them, you know, we got mm-hmm. rights to this stuff and everything. Oh, I, I just, I really hope they turn things around. Um, like I said, they're doing a great job right now. Phil Spencer really turned things around, but they still have a long way to go, and I think this is their chance to get back into the, back into the game. They, um... I don't know. I'm curious what Microsoft's plan is going to be. Because if they go with this streaming future, mm-hmm. I feel like they're just going to shock on themselves. Like, if they get all these developers and they have all this goodwill, if they announce, like, the next Xbox is going to be streaming only, that's going to be a catastrophe. Well, I don't know if I talked about it. They have their own streaming service. Not, not, not the Game Pass, but they actually have their own streaming service that they're testing. And there's... There's news this past week that they might be putting out an Xbox One console without a disk drive. Oh, it's still going to be an Xbox One? Yeah, it'll be an Xbox One. So not the new family or whatever. Well, they may have a new one as well with the new... Well, they've talked about like the there's going to be the standard hardware, and then right. possibly the Xbox line of family is going to have the streaming Xbox. Mm-hmm. That'd be the new generation, but... So I'm thinking uh, they, they may try to get their foot in the door... By re-releasing the Xbox One without a disc drive, and it'll, it'll be the base model. It won't be the X. Um, all the leaks have basically shown it's probably going to be the S model, but really streamlined, no disc drive, anything like that. So it may be their way of saying, "Hey, this is kind of thing we're looking at doing," and then they release their. Uh, everyone's calling it the Scarlet Generation. So the next generation, you know, they'll release that, and people will already be familiar with it. So. 
who knows? I don't know what they have up their sleeve, but uh, they seem to have some good ideas. So we'll see what happens. I mean, next year is going to be huge for information because like 2019 is going to definitely be the reveal of what Sony's cooking up, what Microsoft's yeah. cooking up. Yeah, because there's already news of, just real scanty news of uh, the specs and stuff that might be in these new systems. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see. Who knows? Uh, let's see, we got, oh boy. Yeah, we got a possible class action lawsuit against Bethesda <laughs> over Fallout 76. Um, as someone who's recently played Fallout 76, and I know, Melissa, you've jumped into it as yeah, well. Yeah, I have, yeah. Um, I feel like it's kind of unfounded after playing it. Like beforehand, I was kind of like, okay, I understand them. But mm-hmm. at this, in the same regard, you know, I wish people would practice a little bit more due diligence <laughs> instead of just like, oh my God, I'm a fanboy. I'm going to jump right into this. Like that's... Right, right. Oh. I mean, just, I would at least, <clears throat> like, even when you play the beta version, when you know it's that glitchy, you know, just by playing the beta, mm-hmm. didn't, don't even, don't even get it, you know? Um, but what they're doing is, is that they aren't refunding digital copies. Um, they're only refunding physical ones. Which has never been a thing in the U.S. Like, it's, it's no. a thing in, the, in Europe and, right. like, over there. But, yeah, in the U.S., it's never been a thing to refund digital copies unless it's Microsoft. Or Steam. Steam yeah. normalized it, too. Yeah, Steam, Steam, Steam refunds Steam are huge. My, if it's Microsoft-made game, they can refund you your copy. So, um, they, they don't really go out of their way to tell you that but um like so far when i when i played it i mean it 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 does have its glitches but like i i'm playing with friends so it it makes (laughs) everything like i can live with glitches i can i can live with that but if i wanted to return it it's just gonna be space on my hard drive or if i delete it it's just gonna you know i have to reinstall it and and then having the the 56 gigabyte update I had to wait on. <laughs> That's um, a big one. Yeah. The first update was six hours. Um, I think that was like 30, 36 Good gigs. Lord. Yeah. And then the second update was um, was another six, but it but it went down to three. And then my update finished first, but um, Thomas's update was still at like four hours and 20 minutes. Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was it was pretty bad, um, but the, with the with the update that they did to fix like some stuff, they didn't. I didn't really see much of a difference. Um, maybe maybe there's some glitches that I haven't come across that other people did. Yeah. But as far as I know, um, the ghouls will still like go spaghetti in my netty and <laughs> and like go go crazy when they when you blast them up in the air, they fall dead. Like their their limbs just go like elastic, and they'll stay there. <laughs> I have noticed that. Yeah, they do do that. But yeah, in terms of the class action lawsuit, they're, they're claiming um, that it was false advertising. Yeah, it was. I and I, I mean, fill me in because I'm I'm not familiar with the advertising. I didn't really pay much attention to anything. Well, there is new the fuel to the fire regarding the false advertising claim. Okay, is uh, so people that went for the collector's editions. That saw what was advertised would be a West Tech canvas bag. Mm-hmm. You know, canvas is more heavy duty. It's going to be a nice quality bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, people that have gotten it, it's a shitty nylon bag. Oh, it's shitty. Ouch. It's terrible. There's all sorts of um, tweets and like support quotes and things of them trying to ask what's going on. You know, uh, how are you going to like remedy this? 
Gotcha. All they're getting is 500 atoms. Ouch. Which so five dollars worth of which is the, maybe like three or four hours of in-game play. And like if someone uh, broke it down with 500 atoms, you can't afford any of the power armor skins. You can't afford yeah. a Pip Boy skin. You can't really. You can't even. Someone broke it down for 700 atoms. You can get the uh, postman's outfit that comes with an actual canvas bag. They don't even give you enough to get a digital version of the canvas bag. You can get someone got. Uh, you can get a door and some flowers. That's all you can get for two hundred dollars. In that case, I can understand a class action lawsuit. But in terms of the game, like there was nothing advertised, in my opinion, that that, that really beat out their expectations. Like I don't understand. Uh, from what I saw of the game early on, all the way up until its release, my impression was it's just Fallout 4 with multiplayer. Yeah. And that's exactly what the game is. Like, if it you is. loved Mo Fallout 4, you're going to love this game. That's why I can't stop playing it. Yeah. and I should be resting at home. Even, even for though, some reason. <laughs> sorry to pull you off your couch. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> um, no, I'm just playing the game in general. I mean, I'm enjoying it, and it's... I just, I don't understand, like... Anybody who had conflated ideas of what this game was going to be, it, it's their own fault. Like, at no point did Bethesda say this was going to be anything different than what they've already put out. We already knew that it was going to be in the same engine. There's already been a major beta period where people got familiar with the game. So, I mean, none of what was preached before, in my opinion, misled anybody into buying this game. Well, there was some lying. Like, you know, in yeah. interviews they talked about how there would be incentives for PvP and all sorts okay. of group yeah. combat and things like that. Yeah, yeah. There's flat out not. That's just a lie. Well, I mean, there's incentives in terms of, like, you'll complete challenges and get atoms. But other than that, yeah, there's really not a whole lot of incentive in the game other well, than playing with like, friends. That, yeah, like, the only, the only <clears> thing <throat> where there's, like, certain events you can, like, there are certain PvP events in mm -hmm. the game. But there's not, a, there's not that many people on the server anyway to even group that many people to do a PvP run. Like, there... Yeah, you can you only have, have 20 at a time, so you could have 10 not, on 10. There's barely even 20 people on the server. <laughs> like, my server does has, like, maybe 12. 12 hmm. people. Yeah. I haven't encountered that, but it's actually pretty populated on the Xbox, but... Yeah, I just... I don't know. I, I thought it was interesting that the, there's going to be a class action lawsuit, which I can understand if it's physical stuff that's missing from the Power Armor edition. But in terms of gameplay, like I said, it's it's Fallout 4, and it's exactly what I was expecting as a non-fan. So I, I don't know. It's just really bizarre to see people flip out about this. You know, I. I mean, they didn't. They didn't get what they what they were promised. You know, if I if I spent two hundred dollars. On, on a game with like bonus stuff and they say like it's made out of this material or it's legit this mm -hmm. and I get like either weak plastic you get or... a fanny pack that's basically what it is it's like a nylon fanny pack seriously it's terrible yeah yeah see I mean I, I can understand that if I would have bought like the $150 copy of Red Dead 2 mm -hmm. and you know it was supposed to come with like poker chips and cards and, and coins and everything like that and all I got was like really cheap plastic coins and you know, paper poker chips or whatnot. Right. Yeah, I'd be pissed. Yeah, I'd be and I understand. Pissed. You know, anybody who bought the Power Armor edition. So, all of the new collector's editions that come out, they all just look like insipid shit to me. They never really have any <laughs> items. I think are like incredible. Like, no. Did you know? Um, uh, I was going to say the Halo Reach collector's edition. Did you ever see anything that came inside of that? Mm -mm. I 
can't say that I have. I, I, I keep no. seeing copies of it still for sale. Yeah. At like GameStop I've, I've and Walmart and everything. At a, yeah. There was um, one of the coolest things that's ever had inside of it. Well, first, the like collector's edition of the Halo Reach is like, kind of, it's like a steel coffin basically. Mm-hmm. It's this yeah. big steel case and you open it up. There's like a bunch of like additions and things like that. A little stuff regarding to the game. Mm-hmm. What, was, what was really amazing is it's like this fairly high quality uh, replica of Dr. Halsey's journal, the, oh, really? the creator oh. of the Spartan program and oh, Cortana. Wow. And there's all sorts of these like fantastic, interesting little etchings and pages of her notes or thoughts on the program, test launchers and test drops. They did um, Cortana kind of like framework and uh, close up to like when reach fell and like her mind was just slowly getting scattered. Like, Oh, are we going to lose it? Or the company wow. kill us? Like it was incredible. Huh. I've not seen anything in collector's editions that come anywhere near like enhancing the game. It's just, yeah. it's just toys for man children. It's just <laughs> shitty plastic trinkets. <laughs> I mean like the, uh, the statue for Skyrim. <laughs> that Alduin statue. I don't or, know. Like you can put it on like a centerpiece or something. Or the, uh, the remote controlled car, or the night vision goggles for call of duty. That's a, that's a little those silly. Those are cool. Those are uh, those, functional. Yeah, like, those it's are a functional. little silly, but they're functional. But like, what do you what do you get with the Fallout um, Seventy Six collection? You get you get your fanny pack. You get your probably ill fitting plastic shitty T fifty one helmet. You get your big map of the game and like little plastic soldier things you can like put on and like mark out territories. <laughs> it's just I don't know. It's just a joke. Uh, you got a Uncle Sam skin for in the game. Oh. <laughs> I've seen people running around with those. I'm like, you spent your money unwisely. Yeah, Tom, Tom has that skin too. He's got like a bobblehead head with the. Skin. <laughs> He's like, what do you think about this? I'm like, you're not wearing that. Ninety dollars. I just want to say ninety dollars. So uh, yeah, we got the uh, beyond that. We got the switch. Um, News that its sales aren't meeting expectations, which you wouldn't know that reading any sort of mainstream media. They talk the switch up like it's the second coming. It's clearly um, always doing well because, like, they have not had a price drop or anything of the sort. They're always well. It's Nintendo. I mean, the Wii U still sells for two hundred and thirty dollars. So the Wii U does. Yeah, yeah, it's still two hundred thirty dollars. Their handheld um, line's really accessible on price. Like, yeah. you, know, you can get a two DS oh, yeah. for cheap. You can get oh, yeah. the, the new three DS without the. The 3D little clamshell. I think the biggest thing is that they were expecting just a huge windfall this year with 20. They expected, reportedly expected 20 million units. And so far, they're only at about seven for the year. So, I mean, great in terms of their first two years being out, but also not meeting their expectations. Mm-hmm. Which. Well, I, I don't know why they would think this year they would sell as well as they did on launch. You had fucking Breath of the Wild as a launch game. Yeah, exactly. like, you had an amazing right. year of just people buying it nonstop. What did they release this year that warranted a Switch purchase? Bing Bing Wahoo Adventures? Mario? <laughs> Woo! Like, oh, Mario Galaxy early, or not Galaxy, Mario Odyssey, Odyssey early yeah. on in the year. And then basically they bookended it with Smash at the end of this year. Right. In about a week or so. Yeah. So. Other than that, there hasn't been shit. It's just a bunch of ports and remakes. Just and a massive indie amount of garbage. ports, yeah. So, uh, I think I think their head got kind of big because you have you have all these mainstream media outlets just like promoting the shit out of the Switch. You know, talking, oh, I play it on the subway and I play it on the plane when I'm flying to different locations and shit. And yeah, it's great for those kind of people, but for everybody else in the U.S. who just like the the only time they travel is when they go to work. Like, yeah. the Switch doesn't make sense. 
Like, I, I would enjoy some of the games on it, but it, it just doesn't make sense in terms of fiscal enjoyment. Like, I, the money I'm going to spend, I'm not going to get that much enjoyment out of it. So it doesn't come as a surprise to me that they haven't sold that many, especially since since it came out, I've been able to walk into Walmart and find at least five units just sitting there collecting dust. Right. So aside from your your West Coast weirdos buying the shit out of the Switch, you know, I haven't seen a whole lot of uptake on it in terms of like Midwest or anything like that. I mean, I would never take my Switch off the bus. I'm just saying right now. Yeah, all those all those like ads they have that are showing like switch owners, clearly they're in like one of the safest per capita right. areas. Yeah. Like right. little metrosexual coffee shops and <laughs> exactly. safety zones. That's not how we're, real life we're works. We're gonna play it on a rooftop. Like okay. They they need to make like a commercial where it's just like real life. Like you're on a city bus, you take it out, and like people are just staring at you. They're waiting for you to get on. The, the bus, bus driver's gonna mug you. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna, just gonna like yank it out of Barely your Barely making ends meet. Yank it out of your hand, push you down the, the bus steps, and then drive away. Uh, I don't like the Switch uh, as of right now just because it. every time you hear about like um, Digital Foundry always talks about like how Switch conversions are handled mm-hmm. or just games in general. And the portable mode, unfortunately, is always just either too weak, the frame rate's not there, the yeah. resolution's like way too low just to compensate for it. Yep. If the Switch was more powerful, portable, and... Um, mm-hmm. You know, that whole bending issue where it gets really hot and just starts warping slowly. That's terrifying. Yeah. That's why I sold my first edition Switch, just because I didn't want it to bend on me. Yeah. No matter how enjoyable Breath of the Wild was. Yeah, I don't know if they've had, like, a hardware revision or it's just, like... Because I made sure not to play it in the dock. Because that's where a lot of the heating and bending issues were coming from, mostly. I mostly did it portably, and mine was even still beginning to flex very, very slowly. Yeah. He would play his... His switch hours on hours on end, and I always like was worried that it would bend. But so it never did. if I were to get a switch, uh, it would be I want a price drop on it, and I want a, a more sturdy, safer revision. Either that or like a damn good warranty yeah. that like right. I don't have to worry about it. There's probably I haven't looked at the like catalog of what games they have on the eShop or like. It's just <clears> indie garbage. What's happening? It's it's straight indie garbage. Well, there's like there's probably like JRPG re-releases on the switch, aren't there? Like, <sighs> um. Uh, Any Dragon's a, Quest games? I've or heard of a like couple, that? not Dragon's Quest, but I've heard of a couple other games. I don't remember their names, but yeah, they've had minor releases, nothing major. Um, even their, I mean, they have no virtual console per se. You have to subscribe to their online thing to get yeah. any games. But mm-hmm. yeah, they don't have a strong virtual console offering, first of all. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering how this is going to affect their plans for a revision like they were planning on putting out a kind of a switch 2.0 like a switch plus or switch pro right yeah it was supposed to be rumors were either a slightly bigger or slightly smaller screen there was even talk of like an oled screen um that'd be nice but it would murder your battery yeah yeah yeah, it would uh so yeah i'm wondering how this is going to affect things um yeah, like I said, not that anybody would know because nobody's reporting on this kind of stuff. This was actually reported by Forbes, I do believe. Um, but yeah, they were expecting 20 million units, only getting around seven this year. So missing the mark quite a bit. I'm not sure why they expected that many. Yeah, they just don't have the games to drive those kind of sales because no, they don't. They didn't release that many. Well, I mean, when you when you consider in the fact that the I can't remember what the term is, but basically the buy rate of the games versus the console, like when you when Zelda came out, there was two 
two copies of Zelda being sold for every Switch, yeah. essentially. So, I mean, you have that with almost every single game. I think Mario Odyssey was like 1.5 units per unit, per actual console being sold. So, I mean, the, the software sales are a bit inflated when you compare them to the, the console itself. So, I don't know. We'll see what the future holds for them. Um, they're still, I mean, their their fiscal year ends in March. So, I mean, they very well could pull through. Um, I, I think a price drop would go a very, very long way to kind of bolster the sales. Right. I, mean, I might even consider buying one if there was a price drop. So 300 isn't bad, but considering it's more of it's more catered because it's not very powerful yeah. when it's docked yeah as a handheld 250 is a lot easier to swallow so yeah. well if they pack in a game or something too but i mean when you're talking when you're talking a console that that always touts its multiplayer you know access and things like that you only have two joy cons they're small they're they don't they're not very effective in my opinion like my big meaty hands big, meaty destroy claws. those things <laughs> um and I prefer like the the pro controller option. Yeah. So, buying a Switch, you already have three hundred dollars invested in this thing. You have to buy games on top of that. On you have to buy that. storage on top of yeah, that. You have to buy storage Think about on top how of that. Big as fuck you need to like if you want many of your games. Yeah, I mean it, it maxes out a two hundred and fifty six gig card that you can put in it. You have games like Breath of the Wild that are forty gig. Yeah. So already you're only talking like maybe three or four games per per memory card if you're getting. Big games like that. Yeah, that's not hot. I gotta figure that out. Can you use an external hard drive? Like, there's the people it? have been able to do it, like hacking the system, um, but there's been no official external option. Um, plus, you have uh, extra controllers. If you want any extra controllers, I mean, you're talking sixty to eighty dollars for each controller. So yeah, there's there's a huge cost. Why have been controller prices gone down? Have you noticed that? Like, I don't know. You always look at. Uh, they're not that much more advanced than the controllers that we used to have um, back in like the sixth and seventh generation. Yeah. Why are they still so goddamn expensive? <laughs> I don't know. I can understand the sick Duke Xbox One controller with the light up screen in the yeah, center. Exactly. That, like, that's warranted, but I mean, I can understand the cost when these consoles initially came out. So you've got Microsoft with its um, special rumble in the in the triggers and everything else it has going on in the controller. Yeah, what's Sony's excuse? Those controllers are dog shit and they don't they have, bring anything new to the table. They have their touchpad. That's not even used by games <laughs> anymore. It was a gimmick. They have that light that interacts that, that was, nobody uses. And that was terrible. Uh, do you remember, uh, what was it, Kills on Shadowfall? Where you had to use your owl and like oh, you had to use yeah. the touchpad? That yes. was just horseshit design. Oh my god, the early games really utilized all that stuff, but in a really piss poor way. That's how it always is. With <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, hopefully the hopefully the switch is able to turn it around. I don't expect it to. Um, but yeah, maybe uh, maybe a release of uh, the rumored Skyward Sword re-release or remaster. Maybe that'll help push some units. Did you look into that? I just heard that it was teased by like the former uh, director or something. So. Uh, I didn't look into it. I just I heard from you and I heard something earlier this week about it, and I just kind of thought, ah, Skyward Sword, nobody gives a shit. I mean, I out would, of all I this, I would like for it to be a remastered release and like have all the motion controls fixed, <laughs> or taken out entirely, or or taken out. I mean, well, the um, the Joy Cons are really fairly advanced. I'll yeah, give them that. So they could it they could be a huge good. thing to Skyward Sword's gameplay. But the Joy Cons are, are are pretty pretty well uh, motion controlled. They're really nice. The the biggest issue with Skyward Sword is really just that it's so 
it's so formulaic and the dungeons really besides a handful of like really stand out skyward sword doesn't really have a tremendous amount of content and it's kind of boring yeah, I never, you, never played that one. Would you rather have like a Twilight Princess through your ears? No, we God, just no re- 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 <laughs> released no a more Twilight Princess. How many fucking so times do I have to see Midna? <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, if I see any more of that, those shit textures. Oh. No, like, I, I didn't mind having Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask on 3, 3DS, but I would rather have it on the Switch because I think it would be a lot more. I, um, I think maybe, like, I don't think they need another Zelda re-release. Maybe some more content for Breath of the Wild would That'd go a long nice. way. Or, you remember how, like, um, God, I'm drawing a blank on all these Japanese names at this <laughs> point. The director of Majora's Mask, yes. who was then tasked with handling the Switch project. He's, like, overseeing the Switch and its development and all that. <clears throat> when he was handed... Uh, Basically, the tools and the time to make Majora's Mask right after Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. Basically, the same engine. Basically, the same tools. And they, like, crapped that out in, like, less than a year. And it was, yeah. like, really great and oh, yeah. changed a lot of the Zelda formula. I could, like, that'd be interesting to see if they took the Breath of the Wild tools and just handed it to a different developer. And, like, hey, just try something different. It like, just, that'd, be, that'd just, be cool. Just, like, make, make, like, a, like a DLC or just make, make another Zelda Maybe game. just, like, another game. Like, the, the same way that, like, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask are... Two sides of the same coin. I I want I want like a Majora's Mask like uh, like side like a like a game other than the Breath of the Wild. It's gonna bother you, isn't it? It's gonna drive me crazy. <laughs> I, well, I want to credit this man because honestly, he is brilliant. He, he is a very brilliant man. He did a superb job. I just want Nintendo to pull the stick out of their ass. Like, give people what they're asking for. Stop giving people what they think they want, or stop trying to tell people what they want. Like. Mm. People are asking for this kind of stuff. Incorporate it into your games. Make new games. I don't. I don't. I don't know what their problem is. It's Yoshiaki Koizumi. He's fucking. God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> he. Oh man, the way he like approaches game design when he's just tasked on handling a project. He just. He just sees things so differently. I don't know how to describe it. I, I always like the the dark imagery. In Zelda, Majora's Mask is like my favorite out of out of everything. Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time, Link to the Past, and Wind Waker. Twilight Princess is somewhere. Skyward Sword is below Twilight Princess, <laughs> even though Twilight Princess was like the first official one that I like finished like hundred um, percent because I was too young to hundred percent anything with Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time. Um, but I always like the the darker, more depressing, and just weird, bizarre, so bizarre um, things with Majora's Mask. If they if they just do a little more of that, it'd probably bring, I don't know, maybe more more like fans. a darker twist on yeah. Breath of the Wild's yeah. formula, or yeah. I wish they just kind of unify all the Legend of Zelda properties. Like each one of them exists in its own little microcosm. Like, yeah, that timeline's convoluted as all hell. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you have Wind Waker, which apparently doesn't even take it, place in the same universe. Like, it's well, it's it's down. the end of one of the timelines. Is it? Okay. It's the very end because Hyrule Field and everything basically is flooded. It's the end of the world. So, I believe, oh, okay, I gotcha. It's when Gotcha. Yeah, it's, I, it, it would go a long way for them to just kind of unify. Make a game, make DLC for 
for Breath of the Wild, for crying out loud, and just kind of introduce some of these other, like, I don't know, maybe all the links come into his universe. And, <laughs> Was this like, like a big Power Rangers special? <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. The Red Rangers yeah, reunion? It's like 30th anniversary shit like the, right here. Like the fucking Kamen Rider special. Like, like <laughs> yeah. that, that new Spider-Man anime, like everybody from like all the different Into the Spider-Verse is a solid storyline. <laughs> and it is a hundred percent fresh on RottenTomatoes.com. I don't remember what Power Rangers special it was, but it was amazing. It was like this huge collection of many of the Red I Rangers from that. the time. Yeah, and mm-hmm. like all of them were uh, riding on like their classic motorcycles. Yeah. Or yeah. One Red Ranger was literally in a fucking convertible. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he rode in style. I don't remember. Maybe? They have been doing that almost. I, I want to say almost every single year. Um, and they bring Tommy Oliver back every single time. And uh, I, uh, Power Ranger is one of my favorite things. And just to see them constantly bringing back all these old Rangers. Don't it's even bring very up that, that new movie. Don't even. Oh, yeah. We, we don't talk about that movie. Okay, good. Anything I, beyond I Ivan Ooze in terms of movie, we don't talk about. Okay. I, had awesome I, haven't, I haven't seen it, honestly. Like, I, you, you just no, look no, at it and you go, no. Nope. You look at Pacific no. Room 2, you can go, nope. And you yeah. just. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Pacific Rim. The fact that they have superpowers outside of their suit pissed me off. Like, immediately pissed me off. They didn't even fight. So they pulled, like, a classic Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and just carried around weapons (laughs) that didn't actually use them. They they barely even fought until, like, the very end. Like, friendship is magic. Rita Repulsa is in it. I saw Goldar, I guess, is in it. Oh, yeah. Don't even get me started on Rita Repulsa. She looked like fucking Scorpina. Like, why? Did she? Why did that even exist? Like, why? I don't... Goldar was decent, but that was about it. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, I used to like look at Rita Repulsa, and like for some reason, I thought she like vaguely resembled uh, Roseanne Barr, (laughs) (laughs) just just a skinny Roseanne Barr. (laughs) And and then like like later on, later on, I like watched Roseanne, and a kid, I was like, this is what she's doing in her downtime. Running a family of dysfunctional <laughs> middle class Americans. In all honestly, they sound kind of the same too. <laughs> they do. Oh Dan. Dan. Uh, Dan has to dress up as Goldar and then like run away. Who was that sick fucking? I drawn a blank on him. Um, he's like the main villain of the original Mighty Morphin. He's oh, the Zed? devil looking dude. Is it Zed? Yeah. Zed. Yeah, he always Zed? had a fantastic design. Was he in the new Power Rangers? Or? No. Mm, I don't think so. No. It was just Goldar. Just Goldar. Goldar's not even. Like that evil, he's kind of goofy. He wasn't. He wasn't. They didn't even have like a suit form or anything. He just erupted it in, as a tornado, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm here." CGI. What about uh, what they do with like uh, what was it, Skull and what's his face? The two. Nope, they don't exist. They're not even in this universe. Nope. That's sad. It's a high school. Nope. What they've done with those with that character with those two characters later on in this in the series is pretty awesome. Yeah. They, yeah. Are they like running a dojo or something? <laughs> no. no. Um, gosh, what is this? Was it Balkan Skull? Yeah, yeah Balkan uh, Skull. Skull ends up. He has like a nephew. It's like Bulk's nephew or something like that, and he's training him to be like a cop or something or a detective. I don't remember. Hell it's, yeah, it's been a couple years, but yeah, they've just carried on that goofiness, and I love it. it really I can't get enough of it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I was gonna say getting getting back to poor sales. Um, 
Yeah, we got news at Battlefield 5. Uh, according to Eurogamer and other sources, uh, it, the sales of Battlefield 5 are down 63% from previous installments. Burn, baby, burn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Disco Inferno. Set that shit on fire. <laughs> as, as someone who is an avid, was an avid Battlefield fan, it, it saddens me that this happened, but... Um, you sound like a beaten housewife. You don't have to, dude. You I, don't have to justify not liking under, it. I don't think you understand how many hours I've sunk into that series. Like I'm talking six to seven hundred hours per game. You know the purists minimum. would crucify you if they heard you never played Battlefield 1942. They'd be like, I played it. all this guy. Oh yeah, have you? Yeah, yeah. The only one I haven't played is there's uh, 2043 or was it 2143? The sci-fi one in general. 20, yeah. So you played yeah. the Vietnam one too? Yep. That was it. That was what put dice on the map. Yeah, I've played. All of them. I even played Heroes. I even played uh, the weird online, not Heroes, but the other online shooter that they had. I tried playing Battlefield Heroes. It, I don't know, the servers <laughs> never panned out for me. It was it was bizarre, but it, it, it was decent. But yeah, I've played all of them avidly. And to see the series just take a complete shit like this because they want to shoehorn in their social justice agenda pisses me off well like, battlefield no like i mean it's just <clears throat> super twitch shootery it doesn't have the magic of the original like obviously i was too young to play um 1942 or the mm -hmm. vietnam things at my age but like in my age group i could play battlefield 2 modern combat like on the right. xbox right. all i could afford and i remember for the first time getting into a huge multiplayer match and like yeah. walking up to one of the uh jets and throwing C4 on it and waiting for someone else to get into it and fly up and then blow up. I was like, there's something magical with this game that you can do that. And just the giant skirmishes, the vehicle-on-vehicle -vehicle combat, and the objectives. All the new Battlefields completely lack that. They're just Twitch yeah. shooters. They're not even that big. They are. Ever, ever since Battlefield 3, I, I went through and I looked at the total sales for each game. You know, total for all systems that it was on. And if you look at the numbers... Ever since Battlefield 3, Battlefield 3 was the pinnacle. I mean, on just one console alone, you had like 6.7 million sales. Yeah. Ever since then, it's just been a steady decline. I'm talking 30 to 40% decline each, each time. So you're selling that fewer copies with each integration. Well, Battlefield 4 on release was a train wreck. Like, from a technical standpoint, absolutely <laughs> bad. Just fucked well, up. everything since Bad Company 2. I mean, when Bad Company 2 released, huge server issues first two weeks battlefield three from the beta till like three weeks after release train wreck battlefield four like you said complete train wreck. like the levolution just didn't work <laughs> half the time it just didn't work the characters glitching so they look like worms crawling yeah, across the ground yeah. that yeah. that needed more time in the oven but... i mean battlefield three was great battlefield four in my opinion was probably the pinnacle of the series up to this point they they nailed the modern combat they nailed the gun mechanics. I mean, everything in it was phenomenal. I had the most time. I mean, I'm max level in that game on PS4. I'm like level 80-something on the Xbox One version. So I've put my hours into the game. And I played mainly hardcore mode. So now you have no hardcore mode. You have basically no resemblance whatsoever to the previous games other than basic shooting mechanics. Um... I liked what they did with Hardline, and they introduced kind of a Call of Duty feel to it. It kind of refreshed the series. But yeah, ever since Battlefield 1, it doesn't surprise me that nobody wants to play this game. I mean, you have, you have a setting that nobody wants to play in anymore. You have a bunch of features that nobody asked for. 
And then you have, like I said, them shoehorning in their social justice agenda. And nobody, nobody wants to see that. And I think first-person shooters are getting stagnant at this point. Like yeah. A lot of people are kind of tired of them. There's either your first-person shooters, your battle royales, or your hero shooters. Mm-hmm. And just Time's up, I guess. you got to come back five years later when things are kind of dry. Yeah, I would 100% agree with that. Because, I mean, even as someone who is a huge fan of shooters, like I'm getting kind of bored with it. I love Black Ops 4. But there are times when I have to walk away from it for days at it on end and play something single player because I gotta I gotta cleanse my palate because I just I can't take any more of the shooting. Uh, they're not they're not advancing the genre enough, and I Battlefield Five specifically is one hundred percent guilty of this because it's literally just a reskin Battlefield One, not even reskinned. It's the same fucking resources from Battlefield One. I'll tell you. Um... I'm hoping I I don't have high hopes for it, but like maybe <laughs> maybe if they can like slide through, I bet you um, the boys cooking up Titanfall three probably got some crazy. Oh my God. I'm sure they're gonna be if they're gonna be the ones that have to like freshen up the formula mm-hmm. of shooters, they can easily do it. Titanfall two added so much that Call of Duty was trying their damnedest to ape, but they didn't understand why they were implemented <laughs> in the first place. Like, you don't just have wall running and mobility if you don't have the necessity Titanfall needed for it. Like, right. You can't, you can't have a Twitch-based shooter where you're mostly boots on the ground and a giant fucking, like, 10-foot mech punching through, <laughs> and there's nothing you can do. You're just in a kill zone, just baby ducks getting mowed down. Right. So, yeah, Battlefield... Or Battlefield 3. Titanfall 3, if they're not completely soulless and sold out at this point by EA's awful grasp... They're probably going to bring something fresh and new to the table, but... I hope I'm, so. It kind of has to happen, because at this point, EA's got nothing. If the Battlefield sales is flou- Battlefield series is floundering, you have Battlefront is just straight garbage. Um, who knows how good Anthem's going to be? I mean, there's been no promotion. I don't even think they have any confidence in their own games at this point. There's been so little promotion for all of their games. They just—it's like they don't give a shit. They're just trying to churn it out and get as much money as possible. That sounds about EA. But yeah, I'm, at this point, yeah, I'm looking forward to Titanfall three to kind of redeem EA because they have nothing else to offer. Right. That's really sad. It is very sad. <laughs> I mean, you have a Titan from my childhood basically just going to shit. I mean, they've Need for Speed gone. You know, they've basically killed off every series they have. Yeah, I mean, this is like what always happens with these, because uh, EA goes definitely way back further than Ubisoft. Oh, yeah. These companies were mostly known for just handling third-party licensing and licensed mm-hmm. games in general, and, you know, they pumped out quality. Like, the developers they had under them, that you always had a mm-hmm. solid game. Like, all the the EA Harry Potter games and all that, those are classic yeah, games. the 007 games. Yeah, the Double Nightfire, things Basically, like everything up to Rush from Russia with Love was phenomenal so yeah Nightfire, agent under fire all those those are really good games they've just gotten too big for their britches that's yeah. just all it is need to be knocked down a peg i guess and this is <laughs> i guess this their is games the are feeling left and right this is like <laughs> peg after peg after peg they're kevin hardhide at this point <laughs> <laughs> they don't have anything oh. oh yeah that's definitely so sad to see it go um See, we got the FT, FTC is looking into loot boxes officially. Um, I'm not sure what prompted this, 
because as far as I know, there's not a whole lot of games that do loot boxes anymore, especially paid loot boxes that give you specific things. Maybe this is with the Battlefront 2 shitstorm. Like this, uh, you know how I, bureaucracy and red tape works, so maybe yeah. all that like happened back then. Just now, they're able to do something. Well, apparently, about it. the the state of Washington has really put a lot of legislation into loot boxes, um, and so the ESA is finally looking into this kind of stuff. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know a whole lot of games that have it anymore. I don't want the um, ESA looking into shit because, like, they're the <laughs> ones that ruled in favor that game preservation shouldn't be allowed. They're the ones that don't uh, want games in museums for profit or anything like that. Like. At this point, why does the ESA even exist? Why do... Well, it's, it's <laughs> I mean, all just while, like... While we're on the topic, why the fuck do they even exist? It's just so much like, you know, backroom shady deals and all these like... These fucking ass kissers for all the big publishers and everything. During Gamergate, a ton of shit came out with uh, DSA and Digra and things like that. I mean, I'm not going to get all tinfoily here and I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> that would need, no joke, an entire podcast just to get through. We had like... We should do that. We, we had roller coasters. We had one article after another. We had fucking William Shatner and Adam Baldwin. and <laughs> I think at some point we should do that. We should just go back and just revisit all video game like controversies yeah that actually would that be fun like like (laughs) (laughs) there's been a lot over the years like a ridiculous amount especially in the last probably 10 years yeah it's been kind of kind of odd um yeah beyond that i mean there's no official word from the ftc about it they're just they're looking into it to see Basically, what the viability is of putting in legislation for it in terms of on a federal level. Um, like I said, Washington's already done it. The state of Washington and ESA is denying that there's any any viability to the loot boxes being gambling, but it's the ESA, so who knows? I hope something forward goes through this because I just like seeing publishers cry and <laughs> yeah. I like seeing their fiscal year just being in the red and just let it all burn. Well, speaking of publishers crying, uh, Christian, you want to take this one about uh, the Blizzard uh, internal? League? Oh, just like with the internal things and yeah. just like that. I don't. I'm not going to like look up any of the names or anything, but like just for the gist of it, just all sorts of talk about. Um, so, Project Hades was basically kind of leaked that was going to be a new spin for Diablo. They were definitely going to try and ape the Dark Souls formula because everything's trying to ape the yeah, Dark Souls shit. formula. I, I don't. I don't get that either. Like. I don't know why so many of these. I mean, it's massively popular. And it's one of the most like influential, influential, phenomenal games mm-hmm. of all time. But if they're not going to do it right, don't even attempt it because it's just going to like <laughs> the the Souls fan base will crucify any of the shitty attempts. Well, at not it, even like, that. It's, it's such a niche style game. Yeah, too. yeah. So I. But yeah, generally before this whole Diablo Immortal thing and then after Reaper of Souls, they were kind of going to go with like a third-person hack-and-slash high-difficulty game. And then, you know, things just started getting shelved. And then there's... you. I don't remember the name of the article or anything. It's, it's by Jason Schreier. And it's mostly just <laughs> talking about the ecosystem inside the company, how much Activision punches the brakes on things. They, they halt all their projects or... Just, it's just corporate fuckery. It's how it always, <laughs> it's how it always comes down to. But yeah, they had a lot of things planned, and like supposedly, I've never played Reaper of Souls. I I played Diablo three just very sparingly, yeah. but supposedly a Reaper of Souls kind of turned things around and like good mm-hmm. graces with the community. 
And Activision was just like, no, we're burning that project. And just yeah, I glossed over the article. It looked like uh, by that point, Blizzard was had just had enough. Like they were, they didn't see they they didn't see any future in that specific game. So they were just like, fuck it, we're cutting all ties with it right now. We'll put out some ultra mega edition and call it a day. And that's kind of where kind of where we are now. I mean, I'm kind of fine with that because there's not much you can do with the Diablo formula right now unless right. you really kind of. I want an MMO. I'm not into Diablo you whatsoever. Want a, you want a Diablo MMO? But, I mean, it's the only logical next step. I mean, you can only have so much single-player Diablo. You know, it only goes so far. But you can play multiplayer with people and right, friends. Right, but I mean, even then, you only have... You have from point A to point B. Like, that's it. You have the beginning and the end. Like, there's not a whole lot in there that's just... I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't like... I'm not a big fan of single-player games and having to replay them in order to get more enjoyment out of them. Mm. So, I mean, an MMO would keep things going. I well, mean, you got to would... think, this is Blizzard we're talking about here. Like, Blizzard. That's <laughs> true. World of Warcraft is their MMO. There is no other MMO. Right, right. So, I can't, I don't know. I don't know what the future of Blizzard is besides just, like, seeing all their old greatest hits and just like, look when we were a company that mattered. <laughs> yeah. Like Warcraft 3 Reforged and mm-hmm. classic yeah. WoW and just... <laughs> guess they're trying. They're not really trying. No, they're, they're really not. They're, I mean, it's, it's with all the developers at this point. They're basically hell-bent on taking what was once great and finding a way to re-release it to basically stuff their pockets a little more instead of coming up with more creative content. I don't even think it's to stuff their pockets more. I think more often than not, like, you know, just the logistics you've got to think of, like, when these teams get bigger and bigger and mm-hmm. bigger and bigger. And I think these massive games got to have these cosmetic shops. They got to have their loot boxes. They got to have every way they can nickel and dime you. Mm-hmm. Because more often than not, they're probably not profiting everything. They're probably just struggling to keep the lights on. Around That's certain fiscal crunches, like they're just these these companies are way too big. They're tackling way too large of games, and they can't pay everyone on payroll. No, that makes so sense. So I wouldn't be surprised all these companies just to like you know make it through the next fiscal year. We'll re- we'll re-release this. We'll like HD touch up this. We'll just etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I think things have just gotten too big. No, that makes sense. I mean, I mean, how many times are they gonna? Has Capcom gonna release Resident Evil Four? Yeah. You know, it's a perfect example. It's on like, it's like Skyrim at this point. It's on every single platform. Right. So. Uh, let's see, beyond that, uh, great news for fans of Kingdom of Amalur, which we have a couple it's fans right here. Um, yeah, it's been added to backwards compatibility on Xbox, so oh, getting it, a little more life out of that it game. It kills me so much what happened to that goddamn series <laughs> from all the potential it had. And I've never even played the DLC. I'm sure it's probably great, but like it's just it's horrible when you go back and look about what happened. Wasn't the was it Rhode Island? Yeah, was it the State government? Of Rhode like, Island, yeah. Yeah. What did what did the head of that company do? He like hammered it on fucking football okay, or something? So, no, like it was. Um, this is, I think it was Kurt Schilling, baseball uh, professional baseball player. So it was baseball. So, dude retires. Besides, huge gamer. Decides he's going to open up a game studio. So Rhode Island is like. Fuck yeah, you can open it up right here in Rhode Island and we'll just fully fund everything, you know, with some sort of it was some sort of government 
incentive program. Yeah, because if the game was a hit, then it makes Rhode Island look more attractive. Right. Same thing with, like, um, at this point, the entire nation of Poland is behind CD. (laughs) (laughs) The Witcher put Poland on the map. (laughs) Wasn't that whole World War II thing. It was definitely CD Projekt Red. Uh, But, yeah, you have Kurt Schilling, who has a studio. I can't remember. It was something eight. had something to do with the number eight. Um, Opens a studio in Rhode Island. Has all this money. And so basically, Rhode Island lost millions of dollars on the studio because they put out this game. But the 38 game, Studios. 38 Studios. There we go. Um, and so they put out this game, and it just ended up not being as popular as they thought it was going to be. Mm. Um, which it was a phenomenal game, but A, EA did nothing to promote it. Um, and it, just, it just ended up not being good. And it was mainly, the, the, the game was a proof of concept on an MMO that they were in development mm. of. And the MMO looked phenomenal. So it was really bizarre that this game didn't take off. And it, it's, got a, it's kind of got a cult following. It's like a brutal legend type right. cult following. Right. You know, where it didn't get popular until after the game completely flopped. So I'm so happy to see it on backwards compatibility. I'm probably going to end up installing it and playing it later on tonight after some Fallout 76. Oh. I, yeah, I'm going to definitely... <laughs> I hope I still have my copy That's so right. I can play it. Missy, do you know about the like world so class cool. team? Is, no, that wow. was like not just the game, but like everybody that was involved with this. Yeah. So you have R.A. Salvatore is the writer who was involved with the Neverwinter and Icewind Dale series. Oh then you have fucking Todd McFarlane, Ooh. which I don't even have to mention like what he's done. Right. And then Grant Hercope handled the fucking soundtrack. This was just yeah, an incredible was... tour de force wow. of talent coming together, and it just bombed. Like just yeah, and I've played through it a couple times at this point and it's enjoyable every time i mean it's it's kind of a uh it's kind of a zelda-esque kind of combat you know it's like a like a a, beat-em-up kind of yeah it's kind of a beat-em-up rpg it's a more kind of like it's a more like finely tuned fable kind of yeah oh perfect example yeah exactly yeah yeah Yeah, because you have it's it's an open world rpg but the open worlds are sectioned off so, like, you have, like, a mystical forest level. Mm-hmm. And, obviously, you can't go out of it unless you go through one of the exits. But, you know, it's a huge open right. world. Right. And the art style is fantastic for mm-hmm. all the various places. Like, the only, like, negative I have for it, really, is some of the quests in the game. You start playing this game for <laughs> 10, 20, 30 hours. It does get a little MMO and grindy. So, yeah. you've got to be in it for the combat, which I was. Like, yeah, lots of All the different quests, fighting but... styles and all the different kind of combat options you have. Shit was incredible. I'll have, to, I'll have to give it a look. Yeah, I mean, you can... Uh, I, uh, you used to be able to pick it up for maybe 4 or $5. <laughs> but GameStop, I'm sure, will probably charge like yeah, they 30 probably, or 40 They're licking now. their chops right now. Hit, yeah. up, hit up Mega Replay. I'm sure yeah, they probably... Yeah, go to Mega free. Replay, any of the secondhand stores. I'm sure they've got a copy for a few bucks. Okay. But yeah. Actually, I know they do. They have a ton of copies of that game. Uh, but yeah, great news for that game. And honestly, at this point, the, the rights to the game never sold. At, at the game when the company folded, the studio folded, none of that stuff got bought up by anybody. Yeah, that sucks. So it's there's a very real chance somewhere. you and I could buy the rights. <laughs> the Kingdoms of Apocalypse. Come mm, on, Chris. Yeah, just convince your wife this investment matters. <laughs> just say it's a sports bar. <laughs> we can get the rights of Kingdoms of Apocalypse. Oh my God. Uh, honestly, it would be it would be interesting to see with with Microsoft buying studios and properties and everything that they've been doing lately, just on their binge of buying things, I would love to see them acquire this. 
I mean, they've already, like, we, we've already, we talked last episode about the studios, they, the RPG studios they acquired. Can you imagine if those studios got the rights to Kingdoms of, Kingdoms of Amalur and just just went to town on it? Well, I, if that were to happen, you've got to have Grant Hurtcope and Ari Salvatore. Yeah. And oh, yeah, bring, bring the whole you, thing. You've got to have back. those guys or it's not going to be the same game. It's just going to be Fable Light. So. Gosh, I'm so excited about that! Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm speechless. I'm so excited about it. I've had it. I've had it in my collection, just waiting for I the day. I can't believe the announced. odds that they did backwards compat. I'm not shitting you, Chris. When I was in Tennessee two like two days ago, I'm sitting there on my phone, just killing time at the hotel, and I'm like reading old EA posts of people begging, like, "Come on, just back combat it, do something." And like, you see all these answers, like, "Well, the developer folded, and the rights are away. Like, it's going to be a legal hurdle to get it." Apparently not. You got some Christmas miracle. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to play it. Have they like? It's back compat. Like, but have there been any touches to it or? I I would assume that it probably runs smoother. Oh, man, I mean, if just it was 4K. Just like Lost Odyssey. Um, just probably probably runs at a smooth 60 frames or something like that. Just 4K 60. Give me that. That'd oh be my fantastic. God, that would be great. Uh, no, I'm just fingers across Alpha Protocol. We gotta end the podcast right now. <laughs> I gotta get home and stuff. <laughs> I'm gonna be destroyed if I get home and it's not in my collection. Like, oh, that will be sad. I'll be sad for you, as I'm smiling and playing the game. <laughs> Son of a bitch! <laughs> uh, uh, well, moving on from that, we got some really sad news. Uh, Steven Hillenburg, the uh, creator of SpongeBob SquarePants, passed away. That's a fucking dour note. You don't think that could have been? Quick news, like we we could have started with that at the top. We went from a high to a low. I mean, granted, SpongeBob was not my generation. It came in like I was huge Nicktoons, like growing up. But like you were, you were an early Angry Beavers kind of guy. Rocco's Modern Life. Like we're talking like Ren and Stimpy, Beavis and Butthead, early. Granted, those aren't Nicktoons, but (laughs) I was going to (laughs) say, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you're talking, like, early, you know, animation for adults kind of thing. You know, All Real Monsters is probably where I left off. Yeah, Angry Beavers, Cat Dogs, I wasn't a like huge that. fan of All Real Monsters. I don't it's know. kind of bizarre. But it was bizarre. It had a great style, but it just wasn't. It was like a... Maybe I'm, like, traumatized from the Sega Genesis platformer of that <laughs> fucking game. Maybe. <laughs> But yeah, SpongeBob wasn't in my wheelhouse, but I, I know of its popularity, and I've seen quite a few episodes. I mean, the the campfire song, CMBFIRS, yeah. is, is all... <laughs> <laughs> I mean that that whole episode, the Pantera episode. Oh, I mean, we yeah. could probably spend an entire entire episode just talking about episodes we loved of, of SpongeBob. Well, they, they the say one like with the, the Flying Dutchman when he's like backing up. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Backing and, up against the and he's just sitting there, just leaning against the edge, just he's watching parts of his ship just shrapneling off. Well, we, they we laugh, like laugh the hardest when that happens. Well, a lot of people refer to like the first three seasons as like the golden one hundred. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the first one hundred episodes of SpongeBob are just like great, yeah. just great watch. Oh, yeah. Out of it for a couple seasons, yeah. He then was stepped back in, yeah. yeah. He was, yeah, and then uh, helped produce uh, for a couple more seasons. Well, not many people know is that Steven wasn't just um, an animator or like he had a hand in SpongeBob, he was a marine biologist. Mm-hmm. So he like took all of his expertise from the world that like he grew up in and like applied it to animation. And 
I think I think if he wasn't a marine biologist, he wouldn't have had the worldview or like the stylistic approach to SpongeBob that we got. So. Right. Yeah. Thank God for him. Yeah, I mean him, Stanley. It's kind of been a sad month like, in terms of they come, childhood dying. They come in threes. That's the quote. They come in threes. Yeah. So. Yeah. God, I hate to speculate on who who would be next. I don't know. Bill Murray's got to be close. That old man looks like the Crypt Keeper, dude. He just <laughs> just looks ragged. I was I was he in does. the uh, I was he in does. the wax museum and like took a picture of Bill Murray. Didn't even make him look flattering. It's a fucking no, he, it's a wax. It's and, him being old. Yeah, it's him very old. The wax looked even older. And his outlook on things right now, it's he's not been. Is he a nihilist? No, he's just not been too too happy with the way things are. You know, kind of like how Norm Macdonald isn't happy with comedy right now. Oh, yeah. You know, Seinfeld's not happy with comedy. Chris Rock, all those guys. In the same vein, Bill Murray's just like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, where, where's comedy now? I mean, he's even commented, gone as far as to comment on Saturday Night Live and just how sad things are now. So. Well, I mean, props to him. He's telling it how it is. I like all the old comedians that tell it how it is. Yeah. It's just horseshit. It's not yeah. funny at all. And yeah. do you ever watch, like, the upcoming comedians on Comedy Central? Like, no, you catch a glimpse of them? I don't no. even chuckle. Yeah, they're not even remotely interesting. I just... I it's just always... Robin Williams <laughs> on, the, on the New York. <laughs> that dude, he's too intense to watch sometimes. You gotta, like, you gotta pause his show sometimes and take a breather, like... <laughs> Yeah. No, no, no! I don't pause. I just go all the way. Sit there and have your brain catch up to the. I run a marathon. When I watch how does he like? How does his throat take? How fast he can speak and all the different voices and all the I different bits oh, and. Man. I don't know. What? I can't take it now. <laughs> Earl Grey tea. Nice. <laughs> a whole jar of honey in that tea. Coke the throat. Well, it's a sad ending, but. uh yeah, that was that's pretty much it for our quick news. I mean, like I said, there was a shit ton of stuff that happened while we were while we were gone. So um, that'll that'll put a cap on that. Um, I think we'll move on to some some discussion. We have some reviews and stuff. Uh, lots of lots of games have been coming out this holiday season. Imagine that. So um, I'll just start off with Hitman Two. We're gonna kind of get into it last episode, but after last episode it ran a little long. So um, let's go ahead and start with that. So, as I want to preface this by saying, I, I had nothing to do with Hitman, you know, before Absolution. And I know they're great games, but it just wasn't, wasn't me. It wasn't my type of game. I loved Absolution, and I, I did nothing but gush about the first recent Hitman from 2016. And Hitman 2 is no exception. Uh, the 4K HDR textures, phenomenal. The game looks great. Um, plays exactly like the first Hitman. They got rid of the episodic stuff, sort of. You can tell it's still in there because it downloads in episodes. Hmm. Um, but wow, the locations. They, they've added so many new game mechanics to this game. It is ridiculous. Like now you actually have cover in bushes. Um, you can blend into crowds. So it's, it's a lot like Assassin's Creed in a way. So, like, where Assassin's Creed is no longer Assassin's Creed the way it used to be, now Hitman's kind of like it. Um, they've just they've added so much to the game. The locations are phenomenal. There's just so many new gadgets you can you can. I actually got to beat the hell out of somebody with a fish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, I had a raw fish just beat the hell out of somebody. Yeah, I just I can't say enough about the game. Uh, it's if you've played the first one, you've played the second one. And what's great about the second one is it actually includes all the content from the first, just revisited. 
So all the additions that they've done for the second one are now available in the first one. And so everything you unlock in two is also available in one. So yeah, it's just a really great game. Um, honestly, it might be my game of the year, personally. The replay value on it is, in my opinion, uh, kind of unprecedented. Like, just what you can do in that game is just unfathomable. Like, just all the things you can do. So you can go back through. You have your story missions. And so each story mission kind of guides you in a direction on how to kill your targets. And each target has, like, two or three story missions. So beyond the story missions, you also have, like, 80-some challenges per level. And each challenge is a different way to kill people. So, like, drowning, poisoning, different environmental effects. It's just insane how much stuff that you can do in this game that is available to you. And I just, I cannot gush enough about this game. Granted, it's not everybody's cup of tea. Um, stealth, it's assassination It's slower action. paced, definitely. It's very slower paced. I mean, you're talking just using the story guides... You know, it may take you half an hour to an hour to finish a level. And that's just with two targets. It's all about the payoff, though. So, like, It is. It really is. And that's what keeps me going with the game. Because I will finish a level and I'll be like, I'm just going to go back through and play it again. And sometimes I'll do it with, more, with the other story guides on. And sometimes I'll just look at the challenges and be like, okay, well, how can I complete that challenge? Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, I think it's the second level. Um, you're in the jungle. And you're messing with uh, a drug cartel. And so, I mean, you can do things like pick up bricks of cocaine and smash them into people's faces. Um, <laughs> there is um, one of the targets. Um, he has a new, like, cocaine processing machine. And so you can mess with the machine, and then when he goes to look at it, you push him in and it grinds him up. You know, it's really gruesome, and it's just really entertaining. I just... I. I I cannot get enough of it. I've played it's so satisfying. many hours. It's, it's satisfying. very satisfying. And it's just it it's just a chill game to play. Like there's no I don't f- ever feel like I'm like a lot of games I, I feel compelled to play because other people are playing it. I want to experience what they're experiencing. That's not the way this game is. Like it's intended to be a solo experience every step of the way. Um that being said, there is this time around they added multiplayer. So you have... How's that uh, work out? <laughs> oddly enough, uh, you have uh, their sniper assassin mode. Mm. That's their co-op mode. So basically you're on a ridge and you have a whole uh, level and you have targets. And so you have to work together with your other sniper or you can play a single player as well. That used um, to be a mobile thing, wasn't it? Yes, it's an offshoot of that in a way. But basically you mess with the environment. Like let's say in the one level there are flower pots on this wall and it's a cliff Mm -hmm. so you shoot a flower pot a guard goes to investigate it you shoot him and it knocks him over the railing boom right there is a kill you know and it's really cool and inventive the way you go about things um the other multiplayer mode is called ghost mode Mm -hmm. and it's in beta it's it's rough but it's a 1v1 kind of you're given a target and it's anywhere in the level and so you gotta you and the other player are tasked with killing this target anyway doesn't doesn't matter how you kill him mm-hmm. in any costume, and so you both have to make your way over to the target and see if you can kill him. See who kills him first. Okay. Um, okay. And so you get a point based on if you kill them and they're unnoticed for ten seconds, and then it switches targets and so on. The mode got kind of boring because I didn't know what the limit was. There was no, there didn't seem to be any score limit. Um, if you kill the target but it's discovered within the ten seconds, you lose a point. 
Mm-hmm. And so it was a constant, like, gain a point, lose a point, gain a point, lose a point. And so neither of us seemed to be doing much at all in terms of our score. Oh, okay. So they have a long way to go in terms of that mode, but it was very enjoyable. I mean, the whole game, like I said, the whole game is very enjoyable. Um, if you like chill single-player experiences, I highly recommend Hitman 2. It's probably one of the most underrated games um, this year in terms of all the new ones that have come out. So, yeah, pick it up, play it. Um, you're really not missing out. or you're, you're missing out a lot if you don't play it, to be honest. Um, like I said, it's a great, great experience. Um, and like I said, you pretty much get two games for one. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, pick have up. you thought about going back to the older games now that like you've enjoyed the Hitman, you know, reboot and the second one? Yeah, because I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna play through Absolution again just to see what the differences are. Because um, like for the most part, from what I understood, I played a bit of Absolution, but like Absolution was seen as like too jarring and casualized from the old Hitman games, and not a lot of people liked it. And the first Hitman, the, the, you know, the mm-hmm. the remake reboot, however, was seen as like a massive return to form. Like you have. Hmm. Not many things holding your hand. There's all sorts of different, yeah. like, contextual things you can do. All the environmental kills and things like that. Okay. And then, obviously, the sequel is more of the good stuff. So, yeah, like I said, if you thought about just going back to the original games, being I armed have... with the knowledge you have of the, the newer ones, and it's like... Yeah, absolutely. Because I have... Uh, Blood Money was <clears throat> recently uh, on Xbox Live, part of their games with gold. Mm-hmm. So I have Blood Money. I have Absolution. Um, honestly, I didn't notice a difference between Absolution and Hitman 2016. I know people have talked about a huge difference between the two, but I honestly haven't noticed. Well, Absolution had, like, big kind of jarring, like, eagle vision, and then, like, all sorts of, like, uh, definitely, did the first Hitman have, like, checkpoints in between things? Because, like, I remember Absolution Ooh, I had, like, was really handholdy with the checkpoints. Yeah, it was. Some of the levels were really confined and smaller. Especially like the strip club club level, there mm-hmm. wasn't a whole lot to it. I mean, especially in terms of your targets. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I can understand why people didn't like that, but I, I didn't really notice a whole lot of difference. And that all just stems from last gen, because like I'm sure the environments were kind of small right, because yeah. the hardware sucks shit. Like now with this newer hardware, and definitely the RAM is the most important thing. Yeah. They can they can craft so much stuff. Yeah, because like this jungle level specifically, uh, I'll reference that one specifically. Uh, you start off and you're like in a little village and then you know that there's a drug lord compound somewhere and that there's a small amount of jungle. I didn't realize how much shit there is in this level mm-hmm. because there's also like another second village that's on a river and it's got its own little ecosystem thing going that's on. That's cool. Then as you go down the road from this town, which I thought was the end of the level, no, you go further down the highway and then you can veer off into a larger portion of the jungle and just get lost in the jungle in general. Are there, and then end up, uh, yeah. um, are, is there like live animals or anything <clears throat> like that? Um, yes and no. Uh, <laughs> they're there in terms of you can use them. That's what I figured. Like, like when you're in the jungle, there's, like there's frogs. Like you can pick up poison dart frogs and use them to poison people. That's pretty sweet. Um, so yeah, like I said, there's fish. Their uh, environmental stuff is basically the the extent of animals in the game. I will say I don't appreciate the hand-holding that's in the second one. That's probably my only downside. Whereas Hitman 2016, it kind of, like story missions, you had to find them in order to get them. Mm-hmm. In Hitman 2, they're there. They just so got you. You just automatically have them there. So it's kind of disappointing, kind of takes out some of the exploration aspects of it. Also, they took out 
no longer are there fully animated story sequences in between the levels. So now it's more like a comic book. A comic book, yeah. It's basically like stills. You always hear the budgetary stuff when they can't afford like the live scenes or like the pre-render stuff. So you can tell you like as they the... split from uh, when Square Enix let them go, you can tell this is probably where they skimped um, in terms of cost-effective measures. Um, At least the gameplay is there. Like, you yeah, don't, I mean, you don't the, need the, the fancy cinematics. Comic book stills will yeah, tell the sequence, you just the same. The sequences aren't bad. They're fully voiced by the same actors from the first one. Mm-hmm. Carries on the story. Um, it's it's all CGI. It's just none of it's animated. Yeah. So like, and it's it's kind of well done in terms of graphics because like I don't know how to explain it, but it's really it's still really good, but it's kind of disappointing in a way. Mm-hmm. So, but other than that, I mean, I've I've really and thoroughly enjoyed the game, and I think everybody should at least give it a try. So I'll give it a try. Why not? Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I highly, like I said, I highly recommend it. And like I said, you get access. I, I was told that the access only comes if you own the first season, but everything I've read, everybody gets the first season anyway. Okay. So. Two games in one? Yeah, it's pretty much two, two games in one. one. So, yeah, give it a shot. It's it's fantastic. Yeah, and it looks like uh, both of us have played, uh, me, and, me and Melissa have played uh, Fallout 76, and we've got some words about it. <laughs> got some words. <laughs> Uh, you want to go ahead and start? You probably played more than I have so um, far. Um, yeah. I mean, I've, I'm level 18 right now. I mean, oh, I, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it is still a glitchy mess. It, it's it's pretty much just like Fallout 4, but with friends. Mm-hmm. Um, which is probably why I can't stop playing it. Like, <laughs> I I was sicker than a dog, and I still was sitting <laughs> sitting on the couch playing. Fallout 76, when I should be in bed resting. <laughs> For some reason, I just want to kill those ghouls so bad. Resting's um, overrated. <laughs> well, at least for the, the survival part of Fallout 76, it is pretty nice. Um, it's it's not bothersome. Some, as, as, uh, the, more, the more I play it, um, the survival stuff is just minor. It's just, it's just in the back of my mind. Because mm-hmm. I have like a perk that I can drink from anywhere. I can drink, like, the shittiest water. Mm-hmm. Like, I drink out of, like, a dirty-ass pool. <laughs> and I'm like, anybody? <laughs> like, anybody, anybody thirsty? I have, like, 36 boiled water. I think I made, like, 200 boiled water one time. So I was just, Holy like... Shit. I was, like, spamming the button to, like, gather all the water from the river. And I just kept using diluted radways, radways nice. to, like keep me stable nice. and I just like spam cooked it and I was just like passing it out to everybody because I'm, I'm pretty much their medic and like gatherer and provider nice. um, for the most part as, as far as like meat and food and mm-hmm. water um, and like snip packs, radways, um, blood, um, blood packs, um, etc. Um, ooh, as far as the um, leaving the game when mm-hmm. you have your camp set out, mm-hmm. you can blueprint. Mm-hmm. And then you can take it, you can blueprint it, and then you, when you move somewhere else or you log out or whatever, you can put it back. But um, even when we log out and put it back, or we don't even move it at all, or we don't take it with us, it's mm-hmm. still there. Yeah. It's still it's still on the server with, with the player. I was pleasantly surprised by that because you mentioned it last time, and then when I logged out and logged back in, I was like, oh, shit, my camp's still here. 
Yeah. So that, that was a nice surprise. Yeah, they, they definitely changed it from the, the beta or something happened to where it, it was just a lot nicer. Um, oh, um, the, the stash. That is one thing that I did not like is the capacity of the stash. Because right now... It does seem a little light. Yeah, it, it, it's 400 pounds yeah. to put in your stash. And it's just it's just too little. Because I already have a power armor that I don't use <laughs> with armor in there yeah. that I don't even use. And it's just in there. I'm, I was about to just dump it. Like, well, I don't want it. But I have to like filter through a lot of my stuff mm-hmm. to even try to like store my junk or anything else that I have to do you know mm. but that you know I they just need to have a bigger stash I think I think they increased it with like the update but that wasn't much of an increase I didn't even notice um, if they did update the stash capacity they just need to have it well, I saw that you can you can craft different size stashes too yeah. So you may be able to craft like I don't know one that has like a thousand pounds or whatnot. I don't know. I, I haven't gotten very far. I'm only like a level six or seven, mm-hmm. so I'm not terribly experienced with it. But I, 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 honestly, I love what I see so far. I hated, I hated Fallout Four. Like I felt like it, what there wasn't enough hand holding going on to keep me going. Like it wasn't giving me enough direction. Whereas seventy six, it goes as far as to put the fucking missions all over my screen which is kind of irritating and just it gets in the way but it, at least it's something it's something to gear for i do i do like um i do like some of the missions though um the the one the one you you probably like slash hate is um it's like a fire a fire fire breathers it's like the fire breathers mission you um, you take a test Mm-hmm. Just like in Fallout 3, you take like a little test or whatever. Okay. And then um, if you pass, you get to take the physical, which is irritating. Because for me, <laughs> being impatient, because all four of us um, playing, like Tom, his brother, sister in law, and I, we were all playing the same mission. So we would go do the obstacle course. I was so impatient that you have to wait. Like, you have to go on a terminal, wait 15 seconds, push a button, then go. Then you're, something interrupts you during the path or whatever you're doing. <laughs> then you have to go and press another button to checkpoint. And then you have to loop all the way back around and then press the first button again. <laughs> and you only have four minutes. So you have four minutes to do it. And this player, he, he felt level 10. What was really funny is that this player kept getting in my way. Like, I was running towards the building, and he just, like, got in my way. And I'm like, get out of my way! <laughs> and, I'm like, and I'm, like, shooting him and, like, hitting him. Like, go, go, because he was doing the mission, too. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. And uh, the, I think the second time around, uh, when I failed it, uh, Thomas's brother, he's, because they were fighting whatever interrupted us mm-hmm. he's like i'm gonna help melissa i'm gonna throw this plasma grenade so i'm running past whatever's happening i'm running past the the interruption and i was like okay it's not gonna see me they're fighting it whatever and i get stuck on the hood of a car so i'm like trying to like glitch myself <laughs> out of the hood of the car and i see this 
grass. I didn't know what it was. And then I died. Oh. I just got, it was a plasma grenade. And he was like, whoa, I didn't know how powerful it was. Jeez. I was muted. And and Tom was laughing. He was like, oh, I can't imagine her reaction. <laughs> like, she's probably cussing at the store. And I was just in shock and awe. I had no words. And I, like, I like spawned back in, which is nice. Mm-hmm. I like that you spawn back in. Mm-hmm. That's another thing I really like. I spawned back in, and I just, like, started sprinting toward his brother, like, eh, eh. and I just, like, hit him with the butt of my gun, and I ran in the opposite direction, and then did the course, and then, um, and then after the physical, you do, like, the final exam, okay. which is in, like, a, uh, like an active volcano. It's, like, in a mine. Jeez, okay. Yeah, it's in a mine, but it's, like, <laughs> an active volcano, and um, the difficulty, like, skyrockets once okay. you get there. Um because Tom and I didn't really figure that it was going to be that hard. Like, oh, this would be easy. No. It, 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 it wasn't as easy because we kept getting... Uh, we didn't know we didn't know what to expect when we mm-hmm. got there. But I think after, like, the first, um, the first like, checkpoint of it, we realized, you know, that we, we got better armed. Mm-hmm. We armed ourselves a little bit better. And we went back in and finished it. I know... Uh, my experience has been uh, I like the game but uh, the people I've played with are pretty lackluster <laughs> they're the type to just like ooh shiny let's run there and do this thing like they just hop from event to event instead of actually like mm. playing the game and experiencing things so that was kind of frustrating especially I encountered quite a few glitches like mm. I traveled to one of our teammates and instead of putting me near them anywhere near them I was like 1300 feet away and so by the time I got there, mm-hmm. like I fast traveled twice to them, and both times it put me that far away. And so by the time I got there, they had already moved on to something else. At least you don't have the problem where when I fast travel to uh, Tom, and he has his house built up, it fast it happened to my best friend when she was playing with us. It fast traveled me into the building. It was <laughs> it, it's uh it's kind of like a we made like a cliffside kind of house where some of it kind of hangs off. I have that too. That's how and, I made my house. Yeah. So like some of it kind of hangs off, and there's kind of like an incline where the hill is, mm-hmm. and it spawns me where the where the camp is, okay. is there. So you're supposed to spawn where the camp is. Okay. And um, and I had to spawn. Yeah, I think it spawned to his campsite first. So it spawns you. It spawned me underneath the house, glitched into the hill, and I'm like vibrating up and down, and I'm like looking around, and I'm like trying to get out. My best friend found a way to get out because she she's really pace, patient. I was not, <laughs> so I tried fast traveling to him, still in the same spot. So he would he had to move, probably a good, about like the same distance that mm-hmm. you, you spawned away from from the person you're trying to spawn to. Mm-hmm. Then I was able to spawn next to him. Then I had to go inside the house and do what I need to do. Okay, you know and. It was funny. It was a really funny thing. Um, ooh, another glitch is when you walk in, um, you only have a head. There's <laughs> nothing there. You have hands. Okay. You, have, you have a head. Um, that's like the default. It's like the default. Um, oh, that ugly ass head. Yeah, it's like the the default like uh, design before you edit mm-hmm. it. And then like you have your hands and your feet, and everything else is invisible. You're like this clear like model. 
And then um, there's also I have screenshots of when we were doing the fire the fire breathers missions. We're down in the volcano. Tom was constantly naked. Throughout the whole <laughs> mission had his had his whitey tidies on, and he's like holding a gun, and he was like the default skin for okay. like the character. Um, there's like a weird mutation with like the girls, like they um, uh, their torso like shortens. <laughs> like the crotch like goes upwards towards the belly button okay and then like their arms elongate and like get all weird and it <laughs> okay it sounds sounds the, fun at least the rules look like spaghetti sometimes <laughs> i know i've i haven't encountered a whole lot of visual issues with the game um and maybe that's because i joined in like a week after launch mm-hmm. um but I've, I've had issues with navigating like trying to figure out where I'm going, it's, I don't know if it's just me or I'm having trouble figuring out who is on my team, like on the term, in terms of the compass, oh, like yeah. trying to figure out what the hell I'm going towards, because mm-hmm. um, it just has circles, and so I don't know if it's a teammate or if, well, I don't know, it's very confusing. Is, um, it, is, it, is it because it's usually like if it's not a teammate, it's usually a white circle? That's a strange. Okay, that that might be. I I just may not be used to it yet. I was just getting very confused. Yeah, when they're when they're near you, like you can see them around you, like the circles. But um, especially for teammates, there's usually like an arrow. Okay. An arrow usually points, um, like where the where the direction is. Okay. If they're they're near you or far away, and then you kind of like turn, turn around because they were doing a mission, and I had no like I was over encumbered. So I was like sitting, you know, like collecting plastic off the ground. <laughs> we, we sounds like, like a, me. We were at like an amusement park, like a little fair, mm-hmm. fairground. And I was over encumbered and I wasn't like in the action because by the time I got there, it, they're all going to be done and they're going to like move on to the next objective yeah. in the same mission. So I was like, I mean, yeah, I'm left out, whatever. So I'm just going to pick up these plastic cups <laughs> until they get back or until they wait until I get by and get the loot. I still got experience for it. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've encountered a couple other glitches where, like, I'll join a, a public event mm-hmm. and half of the goal has already been killed, and so I don't get credit for that half. Right. Yeah. And so I'll just sit there and I'll have to wait for somebody else to run in, and then everything will respawn again. Mm-hmm. And so that's the only way I can get credit for it. Or I've had it where um, I'll like I'll go into a public event and you know it'll only give me credit for so much. It's it's really bizarre because like when you're inside or something like that, you know people will come in and things respawn. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of irritating. Um, and I know they're they're working on fixing that, but you know just the general glitches. I haven't really encountered a whole lot. I'm, I'm actually really enjoying the game. Um, it's I am too. it's. I think, the, I think the glitches just, just make everything kind of like, just like, it's just like some kind of extra piece of pie, yeah. like right there. Like, oh, that's the little charm, you know? Yeah, it's just... It's, it's like a, a daily laugh. Yeah, know? it's a slight hiccup. It's nothing major, nothing to freak out about. Not, I'm actually it's enjoying not, the it's game. It's not game-breaking. I mean... Yeah. Um, there was a couple crashes um, between us, uh, between our server. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a couple... But it wasn't it wasn't game breaking. We we were able to log back in and we were fine. Um, so 
sometimes it takes a little bit for everything to render in when you're popped into a world. Because mm -hmm. um, I, I have to stand still. Okay. Sometimes for a minute. And then everything will just load in. And then I have to wait a little bit more. Because I know if I take out my gun and everything, um, <laughs> it spits. Yeah. So nothing comes out. And then, or like I have invisible gun, or I'm just completely invisible. Um, like one time Pong couldn't find me because I was completely invisible. <laughs> and so I was like, I, was, I was snuck up behind him and I like shot him in the head. It doesn't hurt your teammate though. Yeah. Um, ooh, my one tiny gripe that um, I don't really like is when you squad up with the team that you were continuously squad up with, every time you log out, mm -hmm. you have to invite them back on your team. Oh, that's so irritating. Constant. Okay. Yeah. So, like, if, like, sometimes I'll forget. Like, I'll log in, and then I'll go to um, Tom's campsite. I'm okay. like, all right, I'm going to, like, build on to this. And it's like, oh, crap. I got I to gotta join your team. So, you, you can socially, <laughs> like, invite, like, send an invite to him. Right. And, like, join the team or whatever. I'm like, I have to do that every time. Yeah, it was kind of frustrating, like. I thought just by joining their server, like I would automatically, it would automatically put me on their team. Not necessarily. And, and not like necessary. they had to invite me to their team on top of me having to join their server, which which it was irritating, they but should, nothing major. They should have something like they did with Monster Hunter World, where you you have squads that right. you that you join and then it's set for life. Mm -hmm. um, I wish they really really have that so that it would um, it would a lot easier to just join right in like i'll probably be part of two different squads mm -hmm. my best friend and her and her boyfriend play it and then my brother and sister-in-law so like i would be part of two squads yeah which um, is odd that they don't they don't have that in fallout 76 because that's that's a part of eso mm -hmm. like that that's baked into eso like you join somebody's squad or your group and you stay in that group even after you log out. And so, I don't know, it's, it's bizarre. I'm enjoying the game. Thoroughly enjoy it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure it's got more to offer me. So, uh, It's a lot of fun, especially, especially like, even if you play by yourself. Because I would come across people who are, like, yeah. level 35. And I look at them like, you have no life. And then <laughs> I just, like, log off. Um, I actually, uh, I logged in one time. And it... There's like a certain event that you can do. It's like a Civil War event. Okay. Um, there's, uh, you can like, that's like a, one of the PvP um, events you could do. Um, and like the last time we logged out and then we logged back, I logged back in into the server, into their server, and I logged in a random location, and the bots from the Civil War PvP event um, teleporter, follow me there. <laughs> I, I like, I okay. spawned in and there's lasers. <laughs> lasers everywhere. And I'm like, I'm like freaking out on the mic. Like, I don't know where I am. I don't know what's happening. Where am I? There's bot, there's uh, robots after me. There's like Mr. Gutsies and the, and the servo bots or whatever. Okay. They're just like, like coming after me. <laughs> and I try to outrun them. I, I was like, all right, these guys are dead. Like, I don't even care anymore. So I shoot them. They don't. They didn't take any damage. 
They took no damage. They're invincible. <laughs> oh, jeez. So I was like just running as fast as I can. I was like, and Tom's like, I don't know. I don't even know where you are. I'm like, I don't even know where I am. <laughs> I can't even look at my map right now. I can't look at my map. I can't do anything. But I'm going to conserve my ammo and then just, just sprint. Which is which is another thing um, with is collecting and making your ammo. Yeah. That's like one of the things I really like. I just by collecting, oh, wow. just collecting, and I'm like, do do do. I haven't, and um, scrapping weapons um, to unlock, um, crafting, okay. uh, crafting mod, like modifying certain things on it, um, like better stocks, better triggers. Right now, I have a, I have one of my guns is a hair trigger double barrel shotgun. <laughs> nice. Um, which sounds beautiful because when I picked it up, I was like, I want to see how beautiful it sounds. And I fired it and I'm like, it's nice. <laughs> it's really nice. Um, other than that, like, there's, um, there's certain outfits that I found that hide my armor. Um, there's other, uh, oh, the Mothman. Um, I've, I've seen it on the map. I, I haven't gone to that yet, Ooh. but I've seen it. Is spoopy. <laughs> is it? At night, like, I started getting, like, my anxiety started to shoot up. Because we're, <laughs> we're there during the day, and it's like, oh, that was like a little busy. Nice. And we're just, like, walking around. And there's some, you know, there's a couple of squirts that hang around around, mm-hmm. like, on the rooftop. So we, like, got rid of them. We're just walking around, like, having a nice time. Like, oh, wow. Like, there's statues everywhere. And it's a nice town. And then, you know, Tom decides to, like, tinker with stuff and, like, modify stuff. I'm like, oh, it's getting dark quick. Oh, it's getting, <laughs> getting really dark. We should get out of here. And he's laughing at me because he's like, oh, the Mothman's going to show up. And I'm like, oh, the music's changing. <laughs> yeah. Like, the music doesn't sound the same at night is when it does. There's, like, a weird, like, um, like a weird, like, flute. Like, yeah. one of those wooden flute things. And, like, in the Native Americans, like, ooh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't like this. So it's like, we need to get out of here. Um, so it sounds like, I mean, from, from, it sounds like a general consensus that, you know, you and I are enjoying it. Yeah. I, I know quite a few people that are enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Dane put it best, you know, it's not a $60 game, but it's Two. definitely a $40 game. Like, you, you, could, you can enjoy it for $40. You can spend $40 oh, yeah. and sleep at night knowing that you're going to get a decent game out of it. Yeah, we're probably going to be playing it tonight after um, Tom picks me up. Yeah. yeah, I'm probably going to play it tonight as well. So, I wish uh, it was uh, cross compatible with consoles. Uh, give it time. I'm sure it will be. They'll have to make up for all their screw ups somehow. Yeah. I'm sure they'll in- implement it somehow. I mean, I'm not. I'm not refunding my game. Oh I no. Mean, it, I, I'm just so. I just love Fallout 4 so much. I didn't care about the glitches. I didn't care. Um, there's there's there are a little bit of latency issues, but mm-hmm. the environment's made up for it. Yeah, um, it's it's pretty decent in terms of environments. My only gripe is I don't have a dog. I want my dog back. That's all I want. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Yeah. In terms of like four-player co-op kind of stuff, uh, the Red Dead Online finally dropped. So we're finally getting the online version version of Red Dead Redemption 2. And my impressions of it so far is it finally makes the game worth playing. So... Uh, oh, good. If you're anything like That's me and, and you found, yeah, <laughs> if you're anything like me and you found the game just absolutely just boring as hell. Granted, the online is basically the same thing, mm-hmm. 
but you can enjoy it with friends. So it finally adds that aspect of doing, like having something to do. Mm-hmm. Like that was my main gripe is there was never anything to do, nothing meaningful. And so now, yeah, there's plenty of stuff to do from my experience so far, only playing a couple hours of it. Mm-hmm. Um, like we were talking earlier, I came across a mission where a guy needed me to go get a wagon, steal it back from some bandits. And so I did that and on getting the wagon, it alerted everybody else on the server, and so it suddenly made me a target. I didn't get attacked or anything, um, so I didn't get to experience that, but just the the fear of me having to drive a couple miles to try and get this wagon back to the guy, and seeing that there was a couple dots bearing down on me, mm-hmm. you know, the, poss- the possibility of me getting attacked, it honestly made the game exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, all the single player stuff is still there, you can still fish, you can still hunt, you can still gather resources, um, you have your separate camp, you have a created character, so you don't have any ties to the single player narrative whatsoever, and it's, it's honestly, it's enjoyable. So you can create your own character in this one? Yeah. Oh, wow. So I yeah. can actually be a girl? Yeah. yeah I mean, I'm used to playing guy characters. It I starts mean, off where fine. you're, you've been arrested for murder. And you get to pick your guy or girl character, and then as you're getting your mug shot, you uh, you get to design your character you know, yeah. in true Grand Theft Auto fashion. Uh, and then it does. There's probably another 45 minutes to an hour of hand holding, you know, getting you acquainted with the world and how things right. work in multiplayer. Um, and beyond that, it just releases you out to do whatever. And yeah, I've been enjoying it. Taking care of my horse. That's like <laughs> I think yeah. that's the only thing I'll be playing. That's slightly different. Uh, the whole the whole horses and stable aspect mm-hmm. is slightly different. You do get your own horse. You get to name it. You can mm-hmm. outfit it however you want. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't get as many horses. Uh, you have to buy separate stables and there's separate uh, stalls in order to get more horses. Um, from is I, it is it like in game currency or out of game currency? Uh, both. Okay. There there is a premium. It's gold. Um, but you earn gold through doing things. Okay. So it's kind of like Fallout 76 in that aspect in oh, terms of atoms. atoms. Right. Okay. Um, but you also do earn the in-game cash, so you earn dollars and everything. Okay. Um, certain things are walled off by gold, so you spend one gold and you get certain things for your horse or whatnot. Oh, okay. Um, but nothing doesn't seem too unattainable. I'm already at 20 cents in gold, so mm-hmm. and most stuff is a dollar minimum. Oh, okay. So, I mean, it's... It's nothing unattainable. It's not like Grand Theft Auto V where you gotta grind for 40 hours in one week just to get a car. Um, Have you done any train robberies yet? Nothing yet. I haven't. I haven't posseed up with anybody, so it, it should be interesting. I'll, I'll see. I'll see where that goes, and I'll report on that. But so far, it's it's actually making the game enjoyable. That's good. I'm glad I'm getting to go back to it and enjoy it. So, what say you, Christian? What say me? <laughs> I feel like the, I feel like the first half was just like your guys' time, and then like the second half, like mostly the second half, like. Well, it looks like he ran out of things to search on his phone while he ignored our Fallout <laughs> 76 conversation. I mean, I'm not gonna like continue to beat a dead horse. It's just shit in my eyes. But I mean, well, I mean, you enjoyed Fallout 4, so you would enjoy this game. It, like, it's, no, it's Fallout 4 no. in a totally different setting. It's literally the same game, just, just with a different setting. I would, n- I would never enjoy it because, I mean, I, I don't know that whole like Fallout. It's Fallout 4, but like in a different location. I don't see how it is, just because like there's there's virtually no dialogue. There's no factions. There are no um, 
locked in settlements that you can do mm-hmm. like there's no supply lines mm-hmm. you can't be a raider from the nuka-cola dlc you can't go and um i'm trying to think so of you're some more of, into the sims aspect of, of it well <laughs> <laughs> not really sims s like if i had to like because fallout 4 just like just is not a good fallout game but it's a solid action rpg mm-hmm. well not really an rpg just an, a solid action shooter with light rpg elements okay I don't know how to describe, like, what compelled me to play through Fallout 4. I'll probably never do it again just because of how, like, sickened I was with the uh, ending of the DLC Far Harbor. It's just, like, all that that illusion of choice I had in all the player agency was, like, ripped out from under my feet. (laughs) Because um, a crucial death happens with a character, and then you would think, like, oh, I can, like, gun these NPCs down for what they've done. They've angered me. Mm -hmm. The game just absolutely does nothing at all i like my jaw dropped from how little control i had through with it mm-hmm. i had to basically just sit and watch as like all the npcs stormed this one particular settlement and just killed everyone and like someone very integral to the plot and there was nothing i could do they were just like that bethesda infinite uh health npc bullshit they're just they're marked oh, as God. essential you can't okay. kill them so gotcha. it was terrible that like i just and then i played through nuka world just to get through it just to see what it was like uh originally you're supposed to either side with the raiders or kill them but if you kill all the raider, raider leaders you kind of just kneecap the dlc right then and there okay. like you lose a ton of content you're expected for whatever reason to believe that this guy that's like tracking down his son and avenging his wife suddenly is like I'm going to be a raider now. Fuck humanity. <laughs> and so you can you can make peace with all the raider kids. And they're oh terribly God. written. Well, the pact is more like colorful based. They have like like bright pastel tangent like RP or um AK47s. Okay. And then you have the operators which are their slick kind of like gooby style 50s kind of like thugs where they have like suits and things like that kind of reminiscent of new vegas okay and then you have the fucking like school shooter edgelord raiders they're called the disciples and they literally just walk around with like corpses and heads cut off and like wheelbarrows full of body parts and they're surrounded by blood and it's like bethesda if you had a cave full of dead composing body parts it would stink like shit and you'd be vomiting every single day like just so yeah no they were they were terribly written and like there was no agency for me to do anything with them okay and you're expected to like form a bond with the raiders and then come back to the commonwealth and all the settlements that you've claimed and built up you hand those over to the raiders and now your people are enslaved and you're the big okay. raider overlord it's just horseshit so I, I i could see why you wouldn't like 76 then it's because i come from the perspective of it's a four-player like destiny-esque experience but with a fallout skin so just just play Let's, destiny of borderlands at that point oh like God, it's just, no. those are terrible games well this, fallout 76 this, has terrible gunplay so like why even bother playing well it? it's an interesting universe there's interesting things going on whereas destiny and borderlands do not um they're just terrible games in general i would i would argue destiny has a more interesting universe than anything mm. the new fallouts have to offer just because there's like in the stupid grimoire cards and all the mm-hmm. races and stuff like, if this was handled by, like, 2000s Bungie, they could make an incredible universe <laughs> oh, yeah, out of it. Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. The, the new Fallout, just, like, one retcon after another, it just... I Why are there fucking trees and grass everywhere? Like, the whole point of uh, Fallout 3, Project Purity, was that, like, 
life was so hard for it to happen. And like, keep in mind, 76 happens far, far before Fallout 3. Yeah, I don't quite understand Why that does either. this little pocket of West Virginia have a fucking oasis of trees and forests and water? Yeah. But like, the Capital Wasteland is just like this gray slog. I know it got hit by the nukes first, yeah. but... Except that one tiny oasis that you find. You just gotta think, like, um, you make little, um, uh, like, in the in the camp set, you can make water purifiers and shit, can't mm-hmm. you? Mm-hmm. Gee, I bet your dad from Fallout 3 would have loved to hear that. <laughs> Man gave his fucking life for pure water. No, I can, I can understand those. There's crates, just too but... many. There's too much. Uh, like I'm not a I'm not a lore fag or like care about retcons a massively amount, but like it, it kind of affects the setting because. Um, I've been watching a lot of like kind of breakdowns of what Fallout made or what made Fallout years and years ago when it was okay. under interplay. Yeah, Fallout back then was exploring the human condition and what happens to us when we turn to a world where there are no laws, there are no rules, there's okay. morality isn't thrown into question anymore, our ethics, what we do to survive. It's so primal in the beginning. Okay, Fallout Two has to do with what happens to these societies after because Fallout. Two is a post post apocalyptic setting. This is after the apocalypse. The bombs have already fallen. Radiation mm-hmm. is going away. How are these people rebuilding society? And the truth is, we've lost all this technology and all these like societal advantages. We go back to tribalism. Mm-hmm. So Fallout Two okay. heavily dips into like these old structures, but now run by basically tribalistic humans that are like they're worshiping calculators and they're worshiping jumpsuits and they're worshiping things that the original hero wore because like society has regressed so much we're just going back to like hunter gatherer kill things but the whole message you took away from fallout was uh nuclear weapons and nuclear power is not to be joked about with like this has brought the end of society and the end of the world like Mm -hmm. fallout wanted to tell about the horrors of nuclear war and what happens to us Fallout 76, hey, get your buddies and fucking nuke each other. Like, it's just, it's a Disneyland raped-esque of Fallout. I can, yeah, I can see the gripes. I can see that. But, I mean, most of us aren't that into Fallout, so. Yeah, like, Fallout, I've already accepted it's into new hands and a new fan base. They just want their boring shooters with, like, occasional fucking (laughs) lore snippets and things like that, but... Yeah, I, I don't give a shit about the Fallout universe. Like, I, I could honestly care less. But the experience of playing with other people, like, these, the mechanics and what you can do in this game, like, playing, doing that with other people makes the game worth playing to me. Just play like, I, I could give shit about the story. I could give a shit about what in relation this game has in terms of the other games. Doesn't matter to me. Um, yeah, I, I just enjoy the experience. Yeah. That, that's my basis for playing. And that, that's how I'm enjoying it. If a, you want a post-apocalyptic game that has like the structures of 76, but a lot more fleshed out and a lot more competent game, play Rust. Like, I know it's probably never coming to consoles, but a lot yeah, of people, when exactly. 76 was shown, it was like, wow, guys, you just took Rust and made it garbage. And it's not... <laughs> you have like the I've heard that, Fallout yeah. kind of lore-esque, like... Uh, investigate the buildings and like you piece together what happened to the survivors or just like what happened to this area because that was like in the the more modern fallout games people fell in love with that and gravitated to where Mm -hmm. you go into this building you read the terminal logs you find bodies and corpses and you piece together what happened here what happened after etc etc okay but with 76 i don't see how you guys just keep playing that game because there's just 
I mean, I've seen where like the 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 more modern fallouts. You go into the buildings and like you move from like terminal log. This happened. Terminal log. This happened. Note. This happened. You're like, oh, I kind of pieced it together. I've seen in '76. There's a terminal where it's like, this happened this day. This happened this day. This happened this day. This happened this day. All right, get your ass out of the building. You've learned the lore. Like it's it's like a theme park attraction almost. I don't even read it. Kind of. Yeah, I, don't, I can't remember the last thing I read in the game. Like, like I, I just, I don't give like, a shit about the lore, like at all. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't really I give a shit care. about the lore anymore at all. The, the seventy six lore, like it, it, the way they, the way they pieced it together for you to, to learn about the lore is done, is done pretty well. They just have it, just like they slap it on there, and like okay, read this. And I'm like, no, I don't, wanna, I don't want to read this. I don't want to read. I was gonna say, there's there's, there's like shit tons books. of notes laying everywhere. There's like books that you can read, and all of it pertains to what's going on in the game. Right. I just, I don't have that kind of yeah, time. Yeah, and that's well, that's for there like a terminal, the. There was a terminal that I was at. It was like ten logs. That's the one I'm talking about. Ten logs, and like there's they're at least like two to three pages long, and I'm sitting there and. They were asking me, like, are you done with the, are you done with the terminal yet? And I'm like, no, I'm reading. <laughs> I'm reading. I'm on, like, I'm not even on the third log yet. Don't bother me, I'm reading the novel. I'm reading, and I was like, you know what, I give up. Like, if, if I have to read, like, and, and I don't mind reading, I don't mind it, but, like, simplify it to where, have three logs, simplify it, like, this happened, you know, what happened, and just leave it off, like, leave it vague, like, oh, you know, yeah. Makes you think about it, not just like this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened, right. and then and then oh, I died. This is like my memoir or like my my suicide note or something. Yeah. Like oh no, I'm gonna die now. Okay, bye. That's why it feels like a theme park attraction to me. It's like they've there turned, is actually a theme. Park. They've yeah. turned <laughs> Fallout into this like raped Disney esque theme park where you're mm-hmm. like, we're going to West Virginia because you know there's. We're going to go look at this, and then we're going to... Hold on, guys. The Mothman ride's coming up. It is the equivalent of Blackout Mode in Black Ops 4. Yeah, all the small Black Ops... Basically, it took everything that you've experienced along the way, shoved it into one big fucking map, Mm -hmm. and just said, here, experience this with friends. Like, that's the way I'm coming at it. Mm -hmm. I, I don't... I don't care about anything else in the game. It just it's, feels it's just lazy fun. to me. Like if you guys, oh, it is. It is one hundred percent lazy. If you guys want a looter shooter with like tight gameplay and like play with friends in a fantastical setting and all that, fucking play Warframe. Like just oh my God, get a group oh, and play no, Warframe God, together. No. You don't like that, Warframe? That game was terrible. Respect your roots, Chris. Oh, Digital was, extremes go as far as back game. as Unreal. Uh, I've never played Warframe. Warframe's don't, terrible. Don't listen to him. <laughs> Try out Warframe. You have a PS4, right? If it's, you like constantly being handed well. things and then being like, oh, but you can't use it because you got to go do this thing That's over in this area. To a and this in this area. And <laughs> what this are you talking this area. about? That's... And then you got to take all that shit that you just got from this area and you got to combine it together to get shit to make this shit for this shit and then this shit. And then it's like fucking blueprints up the ass. And That's Fallout 76 so to a T, though, because I've seen if you like find a weapon, you're like, oh shit, cool, I can't wait to use this. Oh, I'm sorry, you got to be level 10 to use this. Like, that's bullshit. Fallout back in the day, like. If you somehow jimmied it and got, uh, I don't know, maybe some lucky dialogue option Mm -hmm. or some lucky stash or maybe you pulled a crit and you killed a tough enemy. Now you have like this technical machine pistol Mm -hmm. that like has a huge amount of advantage and you're like, shit, I have the skills for this. I can use it. Why is Fallout like telling you you can't use this gun yet? Like that's that's not Fallout. You got a level system. It's, It's a progression system. 
That's, whereas, that's whereas fucking War, stupid. Whereas Warframe, they have shit, but you gotta go replay this level like eight times. It would be so interesting it's if boring. they didn't have any kind of level restriction on the weapons, and if the big players got the weapons and you killed them, now you're the big player. It's like Juggernaut in Halo. Mm -hmm. The jackass starts with a gravity hammer, but if you kill him, you get the hammer now. Like, it would be interesting if you knew, like, hey, that guy's got, like, an automatic shotgun, we're a bunch of level threes, but if we team up, we can take him and, like, get it. That would be, like interesting pvp mm -hmm. not leveled list no, i'm not, not playing that's it for not PvP. Fun. I, I don't you could clearly tell pvp was an afterthought well still nobody cares still pve like if you could somehow acquire like a really strong super sledge or like a good weapon in general then you can like right. go through and just for blasting through I shit got, I, I remember i got like a, a western revolver that did like 50 damage but then like the thing that i upgraded or the thing that you get, I believe, that like from like a mission that's like a, a named weapon, like a specially named weapon, is the same damage. But the the Western pistol that I picked up, I wasn't level, so I just scrapped it. I was like, I already have this pistol. Why do I even need to have? Yes, yeah, so you're looking at it from the perspective of the same perspective that Taylor has on these type of games, where it's like I'm just looking for the most dick hardening, badassery stuff, end game, whatnots. I'm looking at it for the story perspective, like. What is my experience with the people that I'm playing with? Like, I don't, I don't care about the level of my weapon. Like, but there aren't enough, just, me enough mechanics to like have that experience. Work. Like, if you look at it, if you have all these leveled lists and you have all these little like hug box zones you can't interact with, what are your friends really doing besides some boring ass bullet spongy enemies? And you're not really getting anything out of it. Like. Just a fun experience. Like you get to build stuff. You get it to, sounds you horrendously out. tedious and insipid. Like if I was a father with multiple kids in a family, my time would be spent on like Hitman and killing people with fish. Not some. I mean, granted, yeah, shooter. Hitman is more fun, but that's a single player game. So Fallout is something that I can play with friends and not have to worry about having to kill people or anything like that. Like it, it's it's similar to an MMO not in the fact that where you just <laughs> not on our server. Yeah, they, it's similar. There are people that come after us. It's just like an MMO. Like, in that case, what's the purpose of an MMO? I mean, you're just going through and grinding levels, and you're not doing anything. Well, what's no, the point a, of any game? A, a good MMO provides, like, you have your acceleration of the gear that you're getting. A good MMO provides interesting raids, or it doesn't even have to be raids, but just, like, interesting enemy encounters in general. Uh, you want to have like varied class lists. You want to make classes stand out. You want to, if you have like expansions, you want to make sure if there's like classes that people are ignoring, you want to like make those interesting as soon as possible and just add all this variety to it. I don't see any variety in 76 at all. Besides see, again, that, that's where you're getting into the gear and all the shit that you can attain. I don't care about that. But that adds, I just want a social experience. That adds mechanics and depth to the gameplay because if you're just like scraping by crafting your own ammo and like shooting things and you're never getting anything that's interesting or there's never anything interesting happening with the players of the pvp like see it's all it's all like an immersive experience like i hate that word but things happen in the game things that you don't expect happen happen to you in your group like what like just random things happen like a group of things may spawn it's a, a series of experiences that you guys share like that that's my goal for the game is to just have a bunch of social experiences that are shared i don't care about levels and gear and all the other bullshit that's tacked on to these kind of games that doesn't matter to me like i i don't care about end game bullshit i don't care about 
this level 40 gun that I may or may not ever be able to use. Like that. Oh yeah, no, I don't. I don't care about that stuff. I don't care about end game gear. I just care about like functional mechanics with depth that add on to just the entire experience. Like if you have a lot of mechanics and they're done well, you're gonna have no end of gameplay. And it just seems like 76 would just run out of steam so fast once you realize it's just there's, a mediocre shooter. There's all kinds of different, like, varied environments and things like that, different enemies you'll experience. I mean, it's going to run out of gas eventually, sure, but, I mean, it's more, it seems more engaging than ESO ever was. 76 seems like it could be a thriving game if it, like, just had another year and some more competent kind of design. Like, think... Well, that goes without saying, yeah, if absolutely. You, if you took... Some of the systems from like uh, more niche weird MMOs like Guild Wars or Terra, like mm-hmm. why doesn't um, 76 have its own player-driven economy? Why isn't there anything that – like if you have a player-driven economy, then you can incentivize PvP. And then when these like things are going down, you're like, oh no, if this group takes this group, the fucking prices are going to go through the roof. Or if they hold this kind of settlement or these resources well, – probably something they'll add in eventually. I don't think so. I think this is just a cash grab that they're just... I mean, they've talked about... I mean, it very well could be, but it's something they again, could Again, Bethesda's eventually. eyes, I bet you they're just trying to make as much money from this as possible. The developers, Bethesda, Austin, I've seen heartfelt interviews with them. They're working with the best that they have. They want to get out big, free, substantial content and then little niggling like updates in between, but mm-hmm. I just can't see if Bethesda's going to like let them do anything radical. Like you, you got to take away this hug box bullshit. Like... The fact that you can't nuke the first area is just horseshit. What better way to like start the game as a new player is if you get nuked. How memorable would that be? If you like, <laughs> you come quit. out of the vault and you hear like sirens, you're like, "What the hell's going on?" And you just run into some dangerous leveled area. Like that. I just run back into the vault. <laughs> Look at um, mechanics like Rust has or Ark has, where you can like grief other players and you can like throw them in cages and you can make them feel uncomfortable. Yeah, see, I'm, not, like, I'm not looking for that. Hey, that's what makes the best games see, is when like you take that, away the comfort. That's why I don't play uh, Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves has that. That game sea has of, fucking nothing. It has, sea, sea of Thieves literally has everything you just described. It has all of that. The most it's I saw, complete shit we could like it's nothing but griefing. And that's why I hate those kind of games because it's just straight griefing all the time. Well, a good developer and can curb this stuff. Like if you have a lazy developer that just has all these mechanics that flow out of control and then mm-hmm. you have this populace griefing this populace and everyone's miserable, a good developer knows how to give these guys the tools to fight back against this. Yeah, but that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> We've... We got to come to terms with the fact that that doesn't just. Which doesn't comes exist to anymore. my point. Why does 76 exist if it doesn't accomplish anything meaningful and it's just like an insipid joyride that people are going through? It doesn't add anything to your life. It's not a memorable experience years from now. It's just, it's, it's flavor of the month. It's, I, I want to say like average, but just from the technical way, it's just below average. I just, I don't see why this it's game exists besides money. It's an experience. It's something to experience with people. See, it's like it's like all the single player games that you enjoy. What's the point of playing them? Mostly because they're one, like one mostly because they're if they're well designed, they're tightly crafted, and there's a lot of replay okay. value behind them. And there's like I like Re- personal replay value, personal replay value. There's no actual replay value. Like it's pers- it's replay for you. But in terms of actually playing the game again, it's literally the same game. Well, that's just, just kind of subjective at that point. It's, you can't really quantify like replay value. See, it's I'm, always subjective. See, this is a personal experience for me. Like, I'm not looking to have an experience everyone else is having. 
See, if I wanted to have that, I would play Destiny. I would play something where literally everybody's doing the same exact missions at the same exact time, getting the same exact gear. You know, I just want something simple that's I can experience, and that's what that game provides. Well, like, subjectivity will always be tricky because you can't quantify it. It's just it's right. subjective, so I mean... Right. Um, it just comes down to like, can you at least admit it's a mediocre game? Oh yeah, it's it's terrible in terms of gameplay standards, absolutely. But I like it because it provides everything I need for. So it's like it's basically your Oreo pizza. It's your like, <laughs> it's your guilty, it's your guilty pleasure. You uh, know, it's not healthy it's not for even, you. And no, it's it not even a guilty pleasure. I mean, it, it has everything. It is it is what I wanted out of Fallout Four. Like, I hate Fallout 4 because it was just, to me, a garbage game. But Fallout 76 has provided everything that would have made Fallout 4 enjoyable for me. Just from the multiplayer alone? Yeah, just having that experience. Just be able to, because, I mean, Fallout 4 is such a solitary, boring experience. Like, I, I, I've not enjoyed any aspect of it the way I've enjoyed Fallout 3 or Fallout New Vegas. So having these other players in the game is essentially making this Fallout 4 clone worth playing i think this game could have been huge if it could have if yeah, they it absolutely just, could have been 100 percent better if but, they would have just not like made a new setting if they would have just retrofitted one of the older games with some kind of yeah. multiplayer component it could have been huge oh yeah because you had the yeah, ground absolutely. there absolutely if they would have taken just fallout 4 and been like here's some fucking sweet dlc where you can play with other people i would have just enjoyed fallout 4 but unfortunately that didn't happen. So here I am stuck with a mediocre game, playing it with people, playing you know the same game that I would have played in Fallout 4. Because I've, I've essentially given up on Fallout 4. So I, I think in, in my opinion, like it's, it's a game that I like to play with my, my family and my friends. We all have, because we play Monster Hunter. Um, Don't you dare bring Monster Hunter no, near this no, fucking not, train like <laughs> abomination. No, I'm not, I'm not comparing the game to Monster Hunter. Just the fact that the greatsword has a very specific three-second timing before just to change something, that's more depth in the mechanics than Fallout will ever have. You're just interrupting me. You're not even like, going to let you can, you can You can go on. I just I hear Monster Hunter being tarnished no, near this no, ass-dropping. No, I'm not, I'm not comparing Monster Hunter um, generate. I'm not comparing Monster Hunter <laughs> to Fallout as a game versus game. I know you're not. I'm comparing it to when we played Monster Hunter at the time. Um, it was something that we all wanted to play together. And when, you know, there, there's a certain point when, when I play Monster Hunter, we play it for a long period of time. And sometimes I have that need for Monster Hunter. And then there wasn't really much DLC to put into it to keep me interested. Um... And I just kind of went into, um, kind of like, not in the mood for Monster Hunter. So I moved away from it and then just took the time to, you know, I had, I had to like take breaks between, you know, certain games that have multiplayer and then come back to them. Um, but when nobody else was playing Monster Hunter anymore, it was just me and Thomas. It, you know, it wasn't as fun. So when Fallout came out, I can actually play, you know, and I know that they're going to play it because they're going to play it until it, it gets so old that it dries up <laughs> in the next two years. 
you know, or yeah. or we move on to something else. It's just it's just that pattern of wanting to play something with your close friends, family, whatever, and having that connection, and and then moving on to something else. I think right now Fallout seventy six is is that game that we're we're all playing together. That's not fucking Fortnite. <laughs> okay, I've had enough yeah. of Fortnite. Um, no offense to anybody that likes Fortnite. No, very much offense to people who like Fortnite. <laughs> You're garbage individuals. <laughs> but right now, like it's just it's just a game and waiting for something a lot better to come out that I can play with my friends and family. That is multiplayer, yeah. and that's probably you know Fallout seventy six is probably going to get deleted or something off of my hard drive. You know, at some point in time, when we move on to something that's a lot greater. Yeah. See, and doesn't that suck that what you're describing is uh, referred to as flavor of the month when these like insipid releases that come out? Doesn't it suck yeah. that you had to pass up playing a good game with friends? Because they want to play flavor of the month trash, and then you got to hope sometimes. maybe the next game's going to be good, or it's just sometimes like there there are there are a lot of different games like you know Fortnite. And everybody was playing Fortnite, and I said no, I'm not interested in that game, you know, because I'm just not interested in that game. And um, they were playing I don't know what other game they were playing. They were playing something else, and I just wasn't interested in that either. So when we were all have our same interests. You know, Flavor of the Month, we all we all wanted to play that same game, then yeah, like, I, I believe Flavor of the Month was definitely, you know, the culprit of, like, us wanting to play it and buy it. Um, but I bought it for, I bought it for 40 bucks, so, whatever. Um, I bought it for the sale price. Um, but, I think, I think it's just, I, and I can't, like, make an excuse, like, oh yeah, like, it's a great game. No, yeah, nobody, nobody, nobody's ever saying no, it's a great game. Like no. that's never been said. I, you know, like, it is one hundred percent social. Yeah, when I when I remember, like it, it, it can be enjoyable to play. You know, with it makes it much enjoyable when I'm playing with people that I care about and like playing with friends and family instead of playing by myself. Because if I was playing by myself, why did I even get the game? Like I don't, I don't, I'd just be playing Fallout. But there would be no NPCs, no story. Yeah, there'd be nothing Fallout. There'd be nothing Fallout S to it. So by playing with like people online, it kind of kind of makes up for the NPC aspect because you're interacting with people, you're socializing with people, and that kind of makes up not completely. It kind of makes up for the fact of getting that social aspect and communicating with people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, other other than that, I mean, it, it's a pretty mediocre game. But I mean, I like playing it. I do. Until something else that's going to be not mediocre and really nice that comes along that ever that's not going to be flavor of the month. You know, I'm gonna. It's not like it's not like No Man's Sky or something. You know, um, <laughs> that failure. But no, props to No Man's Sky. It's apparently pretty good yeah. now. You won't, you it's won't, good now. You won't hear this from me very often. I mean, I was like hard on No Man's Sky when it came out from how little it had to offer. Yeah. But free patches away. They've just been working and working and working oh, to yeah. bring it to like somewhat what was <laughs> promised. I mean, yeah. I haven't played it in detail, like any of the new additions, mm-hmm. since I've only played the game mm-hmm. at launch. Mm-hmm. I don't know like where it's at currently quality wise, but at least they're doing something with it. It mm-hmm. didn't just it didn't just collapse. They they still are patching it, but I 
And I think they, I wish they didn't take out NPCs, because I feel like when we, I'm, we're already talking to robot NPCs. There are, like, technically NPCs. Yeah, I think they'll add something in eventually. You know, people are, are going to get bored, people are going to get more bored, and they're like, oh, crap, maybe we fucked up. So they're going to put in NPCs or something, we're going to patch some five, six hour patch again, you know, 12 hour patch to put right. in something else. But it's, it's... It's not like it's going to be a big fixer-upper. They're just going to make it last enough until yep. something else comes out. Yeah, I mean, our options are pretty slim at this point for games to socially play with other people. And so. see, what sucks about that is I've like seen apps or kind of like mm-hmm. very bare-bones social media sites mm-hmm. over the time. I don't even know if any of them ever panned out. But there's never been like a game-focused social media. Mm-hmm. A la something like MySpace or something like there that. There was Raptor at one point. Yeah, and that, then for some reason work. they just they they went full bore PC only and just fucked everybody else who was on the platform, and it was like it, I mean it was great it was just like like a Facebook or MySpace or something where mm-hmm. you could post things and read other people's posts on things and have friends and groups and everything else that all these social media platforms have, and for some reason at some point they're just like oh you know we're just gonna have this PC only think, and then it just fucking died. To it. Uh, I think AMD bought them. Really? Yeah. I think I know what you're talking about because Raptor sounds like one of the little programs that gets installed whenever I do driver updates. mm -hmm. That sounds about right because at some point they started really pushing, like they stopped doing like software and started pushing like buying hardware and stuff and it almost turned into like, I don't know how to explain it. it. It just, it died really quick. Yeah, I think it's definitely, I'm guessing it probably got acquired by AMD. It just is like one other little feather in their cap that they can put along with their hardware and things like that. But uh, there's no real major like social media or any kind of networking site designed specifically for just like games and your profile. So like none of this other shit in the side just like... You, your profile, and what games you like to play, and then it would be so easy if you could just like connect with other people that share those interests. Mm-hmm. And That's then you exactly could just, what Raptor was. And then you could just play these games together. You wouldn't have to put up with this flavor of the month insipid baby bullshit. You could just be like, <laughs> like you could yeah. meet a group of dedicated dudes that are like, I want to play Monster Hunter nonstop, and you'd never run out of that. Mm-hmm. And like, if if a site like this could crop up, and you had these kind of flexible tools to play with people on a game you enjoy ad nauseum mm-hmm. and then the future of if like all sorts of games started going cross-platform everywhere you'd have like never-ending replayability no no that would definitely solve everyone's I, problems i don't understand why nobody has ever made this a big site like start it i've thought about it i've, I've thought about it but it would just a massive start it would be so hard you're talking about like so much private information you'd have to acquire from people yeah. for them to trust you not to mention you'd have to have the blessing of all these different platforms that, you know, you play these games on. Yeah, and, like, God forbid if they found out you were a little right-wing weaning or, like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. They'd bury your ass like, in a second. Yeah, no. Well, thanks a lot, guys. I was, I was like, I was sitting here minding my business, like, I'm not going to beat a dead horse. I'm not going to talk about Fallout 76. And then I'm just, like, the fucking angry pit bull you have in the cage. Get him, boy. Kill those babies. No, I think the misunderstanding was that nobody's saying this game's good by any means whatsoever. I just but want it this is, game to go It is ready. an end to our mean, like, everybody's looking for a social platform to be able to play a, a game, any game, fucking any game with that's not Destiny. And this kind of fits the bill. And it's it's an interesting enough 
universe that it, it provides a social aspect and gives you something to do on I'd the side. Sea of Thieves could have been amazing if it wasn't run by yeah, Sea of Thieves would, it would have been absolutely perfect. That's like the most fun we've had in a I long time. Played, I would have totally played Sea of Thieves. I would have. Yeah, if it weren't for the the griefing assholes on it and just the the repetitive gameplay, if yeah, there would have been more to do. No progression, no reason yeah. to do anything besides them. Oh yeah, you can like pay money or microtransactions <laughs> for like your new colored sword, yeah. but it doesn't do anything. I got a new spyglass skin. Great, like whoop de do. <laughs> they had like, no right to sell that for sixty dollars. Yeah. Thirty maybe would have been acceptable. Yeah, agreed. I will say well. I do care about the lore and Fallout. <laughs> I, I follow the lore so much. If you can separate that game entirely from the and, Fallout and universe, I, yeah. Well, it, I like when you were saying that. It, remember it, when I brought up last time is like they shouldn't have called this a Fallout game. It, they should exactly. have made an indie yeah. game called like Out of the Vault. Just, or just something. pretend right. it's not Fallout. Just and it's change enjoyable. everything. But you know, retards and idiots, they're gonna buy it just because it's called Fallout. We've seen yeah. this, so. Ghost is telling us. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I guess uh, <laughs> we should probably wrap things up because it's been quite a quite a long episode. We've covered a shit ton of stuff. So, did we miss um, anything? Um, uh, no, I think we covered everything. Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yeah, I save mean, that for another day. Yeah, okay. put a pin in it. I mean, I'll play a little bit more in it. It's great so oh, okay. far, but it's nothing I can report on yet. Okay. But uh, yeah, I just want to mention once again, uh, we have joined Drama City Productions, and uh, you know, we'd appreciate it if you go to the website. Listen to some of the other podcasts. Some of that shit is absolutely hilarious. Small Town Mentality podcast. Uh, it's it's run by the the guys who run the site, and my god, they're they're just fucking hilarious. They're they're all the way out in Wyoming and just entertaining as shit. So definitely give them a listen. But yeah, we appreciate being part of the network. It's it's been pretty phenomenal so far. We've seen a lot of growth, and we just really appreciate the guys. And uh, yeah, we look we look forward to the future uh, hanging out with them. So. Um, you can check them out at, like I said, dramacityproductions.com uh, or on Twitter at uh, dramacityproductions uh, and on Instagram at dramacityproductions. Um, but yeah, definitely give some of the other podcasts a listen. And uh, thank you again, Melissa, for joining us. We're glad to have you as a permanent member of the team. Thanks so, for having me. Yeah, I absolutely. It. And I hope your birthday gets a lot better than Oh, don't worry. Been. I'm, I'm going to eat some Thai food. <laughs> Fuck yeah. At least I can taste and smell. That's, that's the only... It, it might knock that. the shit out of you, as, as spicy I, as Thai food is. I don't know. It might. <laughs> it might. But yeah, uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, we've got quite a bit of a fan base going now. Uh, checking the Spotify stats. We're getting some de- definite listens, so we appreciate you guys listening in. Uh Feel free to interact with us on Twitter, uh, at the StatCast. Uh, we're always looking out for suggestions and comments, so feel free to stop by and say hi or tell us something you'd like to hear or something you'd like to say. So, uh, yeah, just check us out on there, and uh, we will see you guys next episode. We're stacking out. Stacking out. Stacked out.